fresh off of his fourth U.S. national title win in the 83-kilo class. My man, I was looking this up. Do you realize, Russell, that um, you turned so, – so you started in 2015 as an 83, and since then until now, you have never faced an 83-kilo powerlifter that you could not defeat on the platform. Uh, not a single one in the USAPL, maybe, but not worlds. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, you defeated Brett. You, so I'm not saying you're undefeated. Okay. I'm saying you have never faced somebody you couldn't defeat though. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like George St. Pierre. He, um, he's lost fights, come back and won rematches and he has never faced somebody he couldn't beat. Yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Not like Habib undefeated. That's still huge, man. To be six years deep in the game and be like, I've never faced somebody I couldn't, I never got a win over. Nobody's walking around and, and they ain't taking L to me. <laughs> That's big, man. That's big. Because we're not talking, you're a local meat hero here. We're talking four times at the U.S. Raw Nationals. Um, we're talking two times at Worlds. Would have been three, but you know, 2020 was crazy. So, I mean, this is, this is, you know, you don't stay local and avoid the big, the big game. So it's huge, man. So how are you feeling coming off this? How, what's your initial reaction um, that you're feeling after this? Um, it was weird. Like I finished competing and it was just more so like, I, I feel like I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't hit the, the mark that I wanted to come in and hit. Um, I feel like the first thing is always uh, win, uh, but the second part is also living up to the standards. And I feel like uh, that meet, it was more so just kind of getting back into it. Um, I think that my performance is okay, but I feel like I could do a lot better. Really? Why? Because uh, you're like 20 kilo, you know, 20.5 kilo over the next competitor, won extremely comfortably. Looked like you were never really in danger, which might have been because you weren't pushed. Um, so it's sometimes tough to, it, why do you think, why do you feel that? Um, well, it's just going, so I feel like squats were, were phenomenal and bench was bench just because like given the circumstances with uh, how they were calling it and just like what the standard has been this year. I knew that we we're gonna have to dial back on that. It was just more so, I made a mistake on deadlift. Um, I kind of took for granted the refuel process I thought I was good. And then leading into deadlift, my legs started cramping terribly. <laughs> and I just, I had certain numbers that I wanted to hit on deadlift and we just missed that mark. Uh, and it's just like, at that point, I had no one to blame but myself. So that's where the frustration kind of comes from. Is it uh? so did you cut then for this? How much did you cut for this one? Uh, it was, yeah, I cut it. I mean, I was in shape, you know, 12 weeks out. Uh, so it was my first time actually doing a water and sodium load. And it, it was like the easiest cut I've ever done in my life. Like going into that meet, I've never felt stronger. It's just like, like I said, I took for granted the refueling process. I basically kind of stopped refueling after um, I got comfortable on squat. So uh, leading into squat, I tried to get as much water and sodium as I could. And then I felt great. I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm done for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'd sip a little bit of water and Gatorade here and there, but I didn't do enough to secure that uh solid feeling for deadlift it's 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 funny i know exactly what you mean because i've like once you've rehydrated and you're like okay i'm back up and i know what you mean we're like i'm good i'm good but the thing is like i've been uh, i've done this exact same thing too and i've 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 been with other people who are in that scenario and i'm like how because you're not hungry 
Like you're, you're, you have so much going on. You're distracted. You're, you're not going to feel hungry. So you forget almost. And then every now and then you got to think, when's the last time you ate? Have you, how much you even, have you ate at all today? Now that hours have gone by and we're deadlifting. Like if you were in the gym, would you have gone all day without eating and then deadlift and expect a PR after you've already, and you're like, no, but you're just, you don't, it's weird, but you just don't think about it at the time. Cause you're in the middle of like a fierce battle. So you almost like, I know what you mean where you almost take it for granted and you're like, well, I feel great. And you don't even, because you're not actually hungry, you're, but uh, cause your body's just so distracted and full of like adrenaline and everything. So you don't know until you hit the platform, start running out of gas, like where the hell did that come from? You know? <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally know what you mean. Uh, did you, would you previously, so this was the first time you had the water cut, eh? That's kind of surprising. Yeah, I, I used to do it differently. Like I used to just like kind of like I would front load my water and I'd drop like maybe two to three pounds and I'd just kind of saw the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, never really, I never really executed a full on like week process where I uh, water loaded and sodium loaded. Um, but it was very easy to do. I mean, it was very uh very very simple and how much did you do how much water did you end up cutting i mean i was at i was at 187 prior to the competition so i was sitting i was sitting really nice there's some days i'd wake up i'd be like 186 almost 185 oh damn yeah so i competed the 83 kg so that's like you know four pounds out at most um so i think for most piloters that's pretty solid like being that close out from uh weigh-ins so uh i ended water cutting maybe like four pounds and it came off really easy you know, the funny thing is, so this is one piece too. Um, in terms of rehydration, you can rehydrate like relatively quickly, like two hours, you could rehydrate. Like if you lost eight pounds of water, you could rehydrate eight pounds, Pedialytes and when they get your electrolytes back up pretty quickly. But one thing you can't get back is um, calories. That actually takes time for the body to process, put in and turn into energy. So that is one of the things where you're like, the window to get it back is like, but by the time you realize it is too late, there's very little you can do. You're like, ah, what's going to happen? You're like, well, but in your case, uh, not to skip too far ahead in the story, but in your case, it ended up being a moot point by the time you got to your last deadlift. Do you think that also, like, did you know your last deadlift, you didn't even need it? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, it was, I, yeah, we, so I was, uh, I wasn't very truthful with Joey. Um, <laughs> oh. I, yeah, he, he kept because Joey does a really good job of handling people. Like, he's constantly asking, Hey, are you good? Like, how do you feel? How's the body? Everything good? Are you pounding water? This, seventh, third. I'm just like, Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Just because I know if I give any inclination as to, like, I don't know, he's dropping numbers down. Bye. <laughs> 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 he's dropping numbers down if, like, I don't sound confident or if I'm not saying anything or if I'm like just telling him, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't feel this great. So, we he's like hey if you're not feeling that great we could drop the opener i'm like nah that's yeah i got it so i did the opener and then um we knew by the second like my second attempt on deadlift we were going to secure the win um so i didn't want to tell him anything was wrong for the third because i really wanted to hit a certain number and uh i said it's funny i came off the platform and i said the number that i wanted and he's like nah nah let's let's go let's go let's go 38 i'm like i'm like okay okay you're right you're right because i kind of already knew and uh, yeah, he, he definitely should have gone lower. He would have went lower if I told him exactly what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in your defense, it really didn't matter by that point. You're just having fun. Yeah, 
was, uh, I was like, it was kind of like a Hail Mary. I was like, you know, if I get this, then, you know, it's going to be a struggle, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for it. What the hell? Leading into this, what were, man, this was, this one was a wild <laughs> one. Like this is, let's, let's back it up and talk about the lead in because um, there was a lot of hype on Sean. And our boy Bill even picked. I, I remember, remember hearing Bill picked Sean, and I'm like, "Oh snap!" Um, and I mean, look at Sean hit eight twenty five two meets in a row. The one thing that people were saying about Sean previously was inconsistency, and I had said, "Look, it um, he did hit eight twenty five two times in a row, back to back meets. It wasn't spread out in between a shitty meet in between or whatever. It was like okay." If Sean's consistently at 825, if that's like a, a, a base, a build to build upon, um, you know, he was looking really good and he's got tons of talent, obviously. Uh, very proficient power lifter, knows what he's doing. And then, but damned if things don't happen at when he, when he hits the Nationals platform for, for the last bit. But leading in, the hype, you know, and I get it. Like, look at, I'm t- I take nothing away from Sean. Like he d- deserved a hype for sure, but... You had like his boy Candido with, you know, Sean will beat Russ. You had like, but more than just that, you had a, a he had a whole contingency behind him that, you know, and he, he, people were believing, man. Did you feel it? Did you see it? Obviously, I see you've seen it because you were having some laughs in your story, Instagram <laughs> stories. But what was your impression of all this? Uh, yeah, I was, I was tuned in. I was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, I'm going to be honest. I was, I was pissed, man. I really, that. yeah, I hated that. Like in a, in a good competitive fashion. Yeah. Um, it definitely was a driving factor for sure. Like I'm not going to lie. Um, my whole thing is like, I understand, um, people are going to choose sides, uh, people that, you know, they're on the sidelines are like, Hey, like, I think so. So I was going to ball the ball. This I'm fine with that. My thing where it kind of like tipped the scale for me was just like the blatant disrespect on, um, Candido's end. Um, I think posting that and making your profile picture to me, like it was just, you know, you don't have to do that. Like you're, you're a fellow competitor as well. I just felt that was like kind of crossing the line to a certain extent. And that's where I kind of like took it to the next level in my training. I'm like, I was hyper-focused on that particular element. Here's the problem when it comes to when you start, you know, sticking your finger in people's chest sometimes when you do stuff like that, like it helps hype and everything, which is great. It brought a lot of attention to it, but it reminds me of like freaking, um, I remember somebody was playing Jordan and the guy was talking shit and it, the guy who was playing Jordan wasn't covering Jordan. Someone else was, but Jordan was having a bad first game and the guy was talking shit. So this other guy on the team, like the opposing team, obviously, but he wasn't guarding Jordan. And the guy who was guarding Jordan pulled the guy aside and said, hey, you're not the one who has to cover this fucking guy the next game. He's like, settle down. Don't rile him up. And Jordan went home and said to the reporters, they're going to fucking get it when I come back. Because that guy, he was talking shit in the press conferences afterwards. And he's like, I caught wind of what he was saying. And he's like, you know, all right, if it's like that, okay. And then the next game, my man lights him up. And it's like one of those deals of like, dude, sometimes, you know, it's it's one of those risky things where you could, like when it comes to like weightlifting, everyone knows what it, that's why you put on your favorite song. That's why you get all riled up and think about shit and you're going to hit more weights. So with, you got to be careful, man, when you start playing these games, especially if, you know, because I, I, I dropped the stat early when we kicked it off. 
I mean, you don't shy away though. Like you have never, there is not an 83 in the world that you haven't defeated, that you've faced. You know, you've, you've, you've caught everybody you've ever faced. So you're not gonna get in your head. So you might rile you up. Like, what do you, I don't know. Do you think they just don't think about that? Or what do you think? And they, what do you think their motivation was? I'm not sure what the motivation was. I don't know. I think he wanted to be like a prophet or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he just wanted to call it before it happened. Um, I have no clue, but it, it definitely like to say I wasn't motivated by that would be a complete lie. Like I was literally like, <laughs> I saved the, I saved the picture and I definitely had it in my phone. Um, I had, yeah, I had his videos playing in the gym as I was working out. Um, <laughs> oh, damn. I'm just being honest, man. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like, I think stuff like, I was almost thankful. I remember what the day I figured out because honestly, um, I wasn't I, I wasn't paying attention to his page prior. I had just finished up with a workout. I just had like a good session. It was like one of those good ones where it was like building confidence. And uh, one of my friends kind of brought it to my attention. It's like, hey, did you see uh, Candido's profile picture? I'm like, oh, no, nah, I don't, you know, I'm not really checking for what's up. And he showed it to me. I was just, my, like, my whole body just, like, shook with rage. <laughs> and I had just finished my workout. And I was like, damn, like, I wish I saw this before the workout because I would have had even a better workout. <laughs> You're like, Joey, we're going back in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going back in. I literally, I literally got on the phone. I'm talking to Joe. I'm like, man, like, oh, like, I'm not even, like, I'm not even, like, frustrated. I'm actually thankful that he's giving me this ammo because it's going to make training a lot easier going forward. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's, that's just honestly where I was at looking at that. Um, I'm thankful that people have like sides because it just makes training that much easier. Whenever you get, whenever you're peeking for meat, like you get irritated, you get kind of like uh, a little bit, it gets a little bit harder to get inside the gym sometimes. So it just, it just fueled my training hundred percent. Like he's got a following, you know, candy has got a following too. Like, um, it could have been a lot of different people. Like I know him and Sean are, are like, I think Sean has referred to him as like best friends. Right. So you knew he's going to pick Sean, but uh, yeah, when you post it in your profile, it turns into a bit of a campaign, but like, so there's one thing of saying uh, like, like if he's your friend or, or if, if you're his, like, he's your coach or whatever, like it's automatic, you're going to pick him yeah. or, um, or period like bill on the pop preview show, we pick, you have to pick. You have to pick people, right? Like we pick people all the time and sometimes you pick right sometimes, but this was different in that um, it was a bit of a campaign, wasn't it? Like before I even got to, I am with, I did the, I am withs posts. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was, that was good job on that. that was Thank cool. you, my man. Yeah. That was a fuck load of work too. Man, dude, this, this couple of weeks leading into us raw nationals and the next couple, like every single day I got podcasts and some of them two to three podcasts a day. It's going to be crazy, but um, I appreciate, I mean, we haven't had this for a while, right? So let's make hay while the sun shines. But uh, yeah, they were on a campaign long before that though, huh? <laughs> it felt like. It started some time, some time before that. I think um, whenever uh, he was gaining some momentum, you know, with those, with those uh, competitions, it definitely started at that point. It's like, oh, like Russ better watch out. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Arian, what were you feeling when you were there? I mean, I'm trying to remember what Russ told me, but Russ just mentioned something about Bill McCarthy while we were there at the meet. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where's Dude, Wild Bill at? Where's he's your like, boy he's at? like, he's like, who's your boy in the podcast again? <laughs> where where was it? Because it wasn't six pack. He's like, I know that wasn't six's voice. 
I was hoping to run into him. I was hoping to run it to, uh, to run into him at the meeting. Oh, we, hey, we're gonna do the recap show, and he'll he'll have some egg tea. We got but, some crow to feed him. Don't worry. But what what I noticed was um because it was all one session was the seventy four kilo also had like you know Taylor Atwood comfortably winning and some other guys you know came in injured had disappointing meets. But after they were done, they all waited for Taylor to do his final deadlift, and they were all talking. Taylor, Michael, Austin, even Taylor's dad was there talking. And they were like, thank you, like, you know, congratulating Taylor and like, you know, saying no hard feelings, like, you know, respect and everything like that. Um, did you talk to Sean at all afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> or did you just talk to the other guys? Uh, we, uh, yeah, we, we, man, okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> we, we actually, we didn't get an opportunity to talk after the meet, like right after the meet. Um, but we, we actually spoke very, very recently. And uh, yeah, we were able to clear some things up. I think there's a mutual respect between me and him. And um, what happened was that it was just a lot of hype and stuff like that outside of our mutual respect for each other that kind of got clouded and caused um, maybe just like a little bit of animosity towards each other. And, and I saw Candido update his profile picture. It says Russ won. He beat me. He beat. He beat me to it because I was I was ready to I was ready to do it immediately. But I was like, I don't want that to be the focal point. I want me. To, I want to celebrate. Yeah. Being, to, you know win again and then after that i could then bring it in but then he changed <laughs> his profile picture that's what you always got to do is get ahead of those things candido did it right like look my man if nothing else he's got pr swabby you know social media is like i better get a hold i better get ahead of this i better eat my crow do my fuck look i've got picks wrong immediately invite the person on and eat my crow and be like all right let's hear it i i fucked it up i you know going back to that i just feel like the reason why it angered me is because like I feel like it was like a disrespect. It was like trying to sun me. It was like trying to. It was just trying to like upstage me and like make me look stupid in a sense. It's like, oh, like Sean's gonna be Russ this year. Which I mean, I understand I could lose any meet, but at the same time, like having that as your profile picture, knowing who you are, and like you're just trying to like embarrass me. That's what irritated me. I'm like, bro, you are a former competitor. Like, why? Are, like, why are you doing that? You know. So that's where that's where the frustration and the annoyance came from. It's like there was no need. To it was, yeah, it was different. It wasn't a preview show. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't an analysis breakdown or whatever. I know you mean, it felt like a campaign kind of, um, cause he's a social media personality as well. Yeah. So it was, I, and, and you know, it's worse when, when you're, when somebody pulls you aside and says, have you seen, and you're like, what? <laughs> and then your boy tells you that's worse. Is it not? It, it's if, if I see something like myself, it's one thing when somebody slides in my DMS, if Arian's like, did you see what they said about you on blah, 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 if this podcast or whatever, or, and you're like, you know, it's, I don't know why it's worse. You do feel like, all right, I got to relax a second here and disassociate myself from this. I'm not sure why. Um, and did you feel like the lead up to, like was it was the hype getting a little too much like because the lead up with between you and sean was probably before the normal lead up to like a nats like it happens the lead up with you and sean happened like way because it's almost like two years of the lead up almost man it feels like like it's it's like because we didn't have any major competitions in between to take focus away we didn't have you versus bread at sheffield or worlds or nothing was in between to help give us other things so it was just, you know, and do you think in, in things you thought maybe got a little weird with things just because of all the lead up and outside factors? Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, like between me and him, sure. But I feel like in in regards to the outside looking in, I think that um, stuff like that is needed for the sport. Like I think um, when you have someone to oppose someone else, and you it, it just creates like amazing storylines. Like you had Amanda versus Danny; those two were like huge um, pillars on both sides. And whenever they're whenever they compete against each other, it's almost like a movie. So. Yeah, um, yeah, you need stuff like that to help build the sport. So I, I, I was actually appreciative of the fact that we had a storyline for the 83 kgs. Um, but in the personal life aspect, I think, yeah, it, it took a toll to a certain extent. But like I said, like once you do the meet, it kind of clears everything up. It's almost like when you get in a fight, like you're, you see these UFC fighters talking so much shit before the fight, they fight each other and they end up hugging it up like on the <laughs> stage. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I have so much respect for you. Blah, blah. It's like, you know, how that type of stuff goes. So. It- it's funny you said that for an analogy. Um, so the the hockey playoffs are going on, and um, I'm Canadian, man. It's big up here. And, <laughs> <laughs> so you, I'll bring it up. Hockey playoffs are going. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, so a, um, a Toronto Maple Leaf had hit. Uh, no, sorry, a Montreal Canadian hit the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs and took him out in the first game of the playoffs, and like total concussion, the whole nine. He's got to go. But it wasn't. It was an accident clash with the knee to the head. He didn't do it on purpose. But then afterwards, one of the Montreal Canadiens approached the guy, the Montreal or the, the leaf that did it. Um, sorry. Anyway, let me, let me get the story straight. So uh, a, a Montreal Canadian hit the Leafs uh, captain and one of the Leafs approached the Montreal Canadian afterwards and, and was like, we have to fight. Mm-hmm. And the Canadian was like, I didn't do it on purpose. It was an accidental clash. Like my knee hit his head, but it, it wasn't on purpose, you know? And, but there's huge animosity. And with something like hockey, they take your number and you're going to get a hit and taken out as well. If, there has to be retribution because people get hit and concussions happen. And um, if it's just willy nilly and there's no repercussions, that's the way it goes. And then, so they fought, dropped the gloves, fist fight. And then afterwards, no repercussions, Nothing's going to happen. And they asked the Toronto Maple Leaf who approached the Montreal Canadian who said, we have to fight. You, you just took out my captain. The reporters asked him, after, asked him afterwards, like, how do you feel? Were you mad? Were you, he's like, I wasn't mad. I wasn't anything, but it's almost like you said, he's like, whenever there's gray involved, it's not a black and white issue. I'm not sure. Was he on purpose? Was it not? Was it an accident? Sometimes that fist fight just takes away all the gray. We're good. We move on. So it's done. Now we can move on. No animosity. Fuck it. And we're, it's almost like you explain, we're like, things are weird. There's tension. But once we do this thing on the platform, fuck it. We can, we can, it's done. Okay. We, we said what we said. We did what we did. It ended up the way it ended up. We don't have to continue. The, the thing is, um, Sean's not leaving the 83s and neither are you. <laughs> and we've done this before. <laughs> like, do you do you think? I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird one of those, it's a gift and a curse, man. You need him, he needs you, you know, Brett, the whole nine. Like it definitely makes it is it is it comp- comparable to you and Brett? Do you and Brett have this as well? Or what's that like? Um, nah, so like when I was going against Brett, it was more so like. I feel like I was in Sean's position in a sense because, like, I feel like Brett is stronger than me. Like, uh, well, I don't know about now because I don't know what he's doing now. But for sure, like, when I was competing against Brett, I looked at Brett as someone that was stronger than me. And in a competition setting, I have to 
have a perfect day and wait for him to make a mistake in order to win. Um, so that relationship's a little bit different. Um, I know that like a lot of people like to say, oh, Brett Russ, Brett Russ, but honestly for me, I think absolute strength wise, Brett is stronger than me. It's just in a competition format, um, winning that meet. Whereas me and Sean, um, I feel like Sean is gunning for me because he, he looks at me as like someone to overcome and it makes him train that much harder to kind of like make that happen. It's uh, and, and it's different too when you're the sitting world champion going to Nats. Like if someone beats you, they beat the world champion too. Like it's almost like a double whammy. It's like you, it, it's, it means so much more. It's one thing to win Nats. It's another one to beat the reigning world champion. Like, do you feel like you're almost defending both titles when you show up and hit the platform? Um, no, because I look at I look at it all as just like one isolated um, meet that makes sense. Like, it's just like okay, like um, I I don't look at myself as like a sitting world champion. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like that was in 2019. <laughs> That was so long ago. I don't right. Me. This this is different now. What yeah. if it was like? What about if it's like when you won 2019 and then a few months later you had raw Nats, like literally three months later, did that feel like you were defending the title still as well? It could be like, fuck man, I'm the world champion or no. no. It, just like, it just feels like rinse and repeat. Like 20, like I view, okay, look, the way I look at 2019 is like, okay, I won that particular meet. So for 2019, I was the, the IPF champion. Mm-hmm. That gets a race now. <laughs> that, that meet is overweight is done. Like what we do going forward is like, what we do going forward. So I have to like continuously repeat in order to retain that. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it, it totally does. It just disappears. Like it's okay, like that happened. Cool. But when I go into this Raw Nationals, like no one, I'm not caring. I'm not walking to that meet saying, oh, I'm, I'm the IPF world champion. Like that happened a couple months ago. Like no one cares about that. In my okay. So dog, I'd be wearing that to the grocery store. I'd be, you know, <laughs> I'm, you, you, okay, we're a little different, but that's fine. I'll be at the restaurant. I'll be like, can I get a fucking table already? And people are like, you just got here. Okay, you don't have reservations. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, but in, you, you just made a post actually talking about staying hungry. And um, the quote, yeah, what was the quote you put on that post? You got some dope oh, quotes, yeah. man. <laughs> it's, it's like, um, they say that the wolf on the top is, is not as hungry as the wolf climbing the mountain or something or the hill or something like that. Yeah. But I, I beg to differ. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got some, yeah, you've got some doozies on there. And um, and it's true, you need to do something to keep yourself hungry, man. Yeah. Like if you do carry around to an extent, if you and here's also another thing in terms of pressure, if you walk into it telling yourself, I am the reigning world champion, I am the reigning, and you are though, but if you tell yourself that. You're approaching it from the standpoint of you have something to lose mm-hmm. as opposed to walking in and be like, that's all in the past. Mm-hmm. I have to fight for this. Just like everyone else. When yeah. we show up today, there is no national champion that it happens on the day. It's a tournament on that day and it's yeah. over that day. So we are all on the baseline. I have to fight for it. It's like a different type. A, it takes away the pressure of, I have something to lose. No, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. I'm walking in here the same as you. So don't, you could try to tell me and want me to carry that pressure, but I, I don't, I don't feel that pressure. And then B keeps you hungry. It is a good way to look like, it's weird how things like this change the way you look at events, right? I mean, me personally, like when I went into, when I went to this year's Raw Nationals a couple of days ago, I was just like, all these people are here to win one. We're all here to win one thing. And I'm here as though, like, I have to prove myself all over again. And it felt like, it felt good. Cause I was just like, I'm not coming in here as like a raw national champion. I'm not coming in here as like an IPF world champion. I'm coming in here as a competitor. 
Um, and at the like at the end of the day, we're all chasing the same thing, and we're gonna try to see who's gonna come out on top. So um, I never look at things from a position of like I've done this before, and like um, like I'm I'm owed this. I just feel like I have to constantly work. So when I was there competing, I was like. It, it felt as though like I won like all over again, almost in a sense. Like it was almost like a relief, but it felt like I won for the first time all over again. It, uh, it, and I think even Joey had made a post leading into this and he had used the word, I believe, I don't want to misquote, but I think he used the word disrespect in there somewhere as well. <laughs> and um, do you remember this area? I think Joey made a post like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean I mean, in general, like everyone going into the meet, everyone doing predictions and stuff like that, just, you know, you expect everyone to come their best. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm going, I'm getting this, I'm breaking these records like that. And now you go and look and it's like, uh, like I was mentioning only uh, in our group chat, only three people broke the American record total, Russ being one of the three. So a lot of people came with high hopes, but I mean, it's very difficult for every single person, every single weight class to come on point and do their best. So Joey may felt like, you know, everyone's talking how they're going to come and do huge numbers. I'm going to go beat this person. And he's like, you assume that our guys aren't trained hard either. And they're not going to come on their best. I think everyone goes into meets and do, and they do these uh, predictions thinking that everyone's going to have a super meet. <laughs> like, like that, how rare, super, like super meets don't happen, man. Like <laughs> I know, it's a unicorn. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like for me, like I just go into situations thinking that, okay, like I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to battle. Like, I'm ready to miss lifts. I mean, I don't want to miss lifts, but I'm ready to do that because I understand it's just sometimes it's part of competing. Like something may happen to you. You're not going to come in hundred um, percent. You might cramp up. <laughs> so yeah. I just understand like my best numbers, I, you know, it could happen, but it may not happen. Who knows? Um, and a lot of people go into, into meets or a lot of people think that meets is just like, you're going to go all out and you're going to have like the perfect day. You're going to go nine for nine and everyone's going to, um, max out on the list, but that's just not how it goes. Dog, it, it never ceases to amaze me how often I'll get people, you know, in the DMs or people I talk to, like, look at, I'm not immune to it. I get hyped up too, uh, because you get excited crunching numbers, but when you crunch numbers, people always have like, it's so hard to forecast numbers and people look at like training data, et cetera, but it's really difficult to tell because some people hold back like Taylor Atwood now is releasing. Oh, by the way, here was, <laughs> here was a, you know, thousand pound deadlift. I did two days out. Like, it's like, you know, he's so training numbers are difficult. Everyone doesn't know what to expect. And some people hit some major stuff in, in training, but you don't know their body weight was at. You don't know, are they peaking too early? Good. You're hitting huge numbers in training, but you're peaking far too early and you're far too excited. And you're going to leave it in the gym and on the platform. There's so much other things, right? And it feels like to, it, it is almost disrespectful in a way. You know, I see certain people like I, we saw this leading into this competition where some people are projecting themselves or other people far too deep where it's like, look at those numbers you're projecting are like more than, you know, people have done to win world championships. Like we're getting a little excited. We're talking about a podium. That's like, <laughs> everyone's going to have 850. Like it's going to be where it's like, listen, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves that, that we know, historically speaking, this doesn't happen like that. And then they find out when you show up time zones, travel, this is just still in the U S and like, um, you know, you show up and it isn't 
always just your 100% day. It's almost like a total crapshoot if you're going to be 100% or 95%, but nobody's going to either. They're all going to be a variation of themselves, but very rare is someone going to be 100% super meat day. And then, um, and that's why when people draw comparisons to like this guy did in a local meet, that guy's the reigning world champion, what he did at the world championships, it's yeah. like, it is not comparable people people don't get up like trust me oh well when you look at do you know what these guys would do at the worlds it might not be what you think it is yeah. i promise you we're i think some people who are new to powerlifting powerlifting is a lot of new people like it, it turns over every couple of years some people probably haven't seen worlds in nationals because it's been two years so i think the excitement was doubly for this because they actually thought local meets and gym prs always transpire where some other people who've been around a little bit like yourself who have been to like multiple nationals the worlds are like all right look at you know i've been on both sides i remember being on here before i mean like i don't know what i said last time but i said something about how like like local meets, if you're a high level competitor, local meets don't really matter. And I think people shitted on me for that a little really? bit. Really? Well, this, come I'm on, like, dog. Someone, someone competed and said, oh, but this meet doesn't really matter because local meets don't matter. I'm like, yeah, they don't, but okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> now we now we know. Yeah, like it's true though, dude. I'm um, not sure what you mean, but I'm just saying like, if you're a high level competitor and you're going to a local meet to just do a local meet or something like that, like, I mean, it just doesn't translate as well. I mean, I just know for a fact I could go into a local meet and blow it up as like a lot of high level competitors can and should do. Um, that should be like a dress rehearsal, if anything. Mm. Uh, when you step on the national stage, there's just so many different factors that play a role into how you're going to perform. And I don't think people realize that until they actually get on the national stage and compete. Um, when I look at, I don't really pay that much attention to gym training because when I'm watching people on Instagram, I'm like, he's not going to do that. Like, <laughs> Not, not, not any disrespect, but I'm just like, I'm looking at what they've done into me and their meat best. I'm like, okay, well that, how come you're doing this now? It's like two months after that, how come that didn't show up on the platform prior? So I'm like, yeah, he's not going to do that. Or he's, he's not capable of that. Or like, he's obviously too heavy um, right now. So I look at more so like what they've done in competition as a good idea of what they might do on the national stage. And, um, and comp, like what level of competition? Yeah. Like, when you yeah. see someone do like a bench day, dead day, it's like, yeah, but you're, you didn't, you went in that day to deadlift. You didn't yeah. max out on squats, max out on bench and, and water cut earlier and then had to deadlift like, or yeah. same with bench, obviously squat, you squat first, but even then, I mean, it's, it's not quite the same. You went in that day as big as you were not dealing with anything else and just squatted. Like it's, it's not the same, man. When you see these gym lifts happen, that's why, um, you know, you see certain like when numbers get tossed around and people take shots, like at people who are world champions, the, the people who get the worst because in the U S social media is big, right? Like in, in other parts of the world, there's big, like so, there's some big Europeans with social media, but not as big. And a lot of champions from different parts of the world, people be like, yeah, but our boy in this weight class would totally like tune up this dude over. It's like, Maybe, maybe not though. It doesn't always work out like that. You see totals drop and certain things happen and you're like, oh, what happened? Nothing. That's sports, bro. This is, this is, you know, when you're around long enough, you start seeing trends and you're like, just trust me, hang out, see how it goes. 
and you'll be humbled. Life will humble you. Sports will humble you. And uh, so I didn't think you were talking shit when you're like, local meets don't matter. I think it's just more, you know, when you win the big one, it, it takes more than just like other variables got a line on this. Yeah. But um, you I mean, were high level. I mean, high level local meets don't matter to high level competitors. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's, that's what it, yeah. Look, if you're for sure, like, I, like I said, most power lifter, most power lifters are within the first couple of years. So it's all local meets having fun. Do your thing yeah. for sure. Um, but comparing what somebody did at a local meet, that's what would kill me where for a little while there, the untested never had like big meets for a little bit. Like they were like, not like they'd be spread out throughout like four or five different meets in the US though, not like around like USA Raw Nationals, Europeans and worlds like in the IPF. I mean, like in the US, everyone spreads out. So you're just showing up and you look at the videos and it looks semi like a local meet level. Like it doesn't look like US Raw Natural IPF worlds or Europeans or something. And the conditions, like you're kind of lifting on a pose, you're breaking records and they're wondering like, you know, it's like, man, it's, it's going to be different if you guys all get underneath one roof and be like, let's battle it out when we're all together. And you would see it when the current would roll around and whatnot, it wouldn't play out. Like, like some people thought it might, it's like, yeah, man, <laughs> things, things happen. Um, Arian, you've seen, there was like some predictions because we, you like, you run numbers sometimes, but we saw sometimes reposting and King of lists. There were predictions of podiums that were absolutely fantastic what were your thoughts going into this yeah I mean um some of the predictions were like you know kind of in the area like we all thought Angelo was going to pull for a a medal and that's what he did he pulled for third place I got that Um, right by the way yeah and and John Gruden I wasn't sure if he was going to come or not but then obviously like you know uh, flex boys told me always coming and his training is good and everything like that so he obviously put up a huge numbers and he got up there in a fourth place the one that caught me by surprise and I don't know Russ I don't know how much you guys talk and how much training you watch but did you know coming in, Delaney's going to put up a monster meet? Whoa. I, I told people, I was like, man, he's coming. He's Whoa. like, he, I was like, if people mess up, he could come into third or second for sure. Like, um, I mean, I thought too, I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I, was, I remember watching his training one time at night. I was like, I was like, man, I know he's, I know he's like Joey. Joey's going to do a pretty good job of having him prepare on game day. I'm like, ah, man, I, I got to be careful because this guy, you know, you can't be slipping low key. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone's hyping up Sean doing 825. Well, now Delaney's 822.5 at a national meet. So now people better start talking about Delaney. And I mean, he, he might start closing that gap faster than some of these other lifters. Yep, yep. And he's only going to get better too. I mean, he has like a lot of room to grow. So, I mean, he he didn't surprise me. I know he surprised <laughs> me. He didn't surprise me. I, I kind of saw that coming. Dog, I... Uh, the last week leading into it. So I'd seen like he had, I think he had a 790 and um, it's, it's difficult because like, again, you weigh expectations. I hadn't seen him on the, on the big platform yet in a big battle yet And coming in with 790. And he, I expect he's going to grow from that. So I figured he'd be into the 800s, but you're not sure. Like you don't know where to place it. Cause you haven't seen what happens when he hits the big platform. Right. And I think it's somewhat fair. Like when it's your first, you know, kind of like a, like a rookie season, someone makes the pros, you're like, okay, he could be, he could be a total stud or it may not work. It maybe take some work, some time. So it's hard to tell. And the week before um, the hype really started building and it's weird. These things happen. Like you get a weird vibe. Like I think something's going to happen here. Like I'm starting to for really real believe though. And then that video dropped and I don't know, he dropped it. 
And I re I shared it. I just watched him like, let me, I'm hearing rumblings. Let me watch this. And I don't know if you've seen that video, but it was like, it was fucking inspirational. I shared it in the stories. And if you read the comments, people are like, holy shit. People were DMing me being like, man, I'm starting to believe in this kid all of a sudden. <laughs> like, this, is, this, is, this guy's getting some hype around him. It's weird how in sports there's momentum. It's real and belief can do a lot, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't sleeping on him, but I wasn't sure, but we know now. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching. I forgot what meet it was that he did seven ninety. It was probably like the Raw Nationals or maybe something like that. Or I forgot, but I saw then. I was like, I was like, damn, he did seven ninety. Like, <laughs> well, okay, I'm gonna have to like watch out for him a little bit, and, and it just kept peeping and stuff. And I was like, okay, he's he's due. He's due. He's gonna have a good meet. It's a. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna throw the, the progress real quick. 2019 Ron Nationals, he did 752.5. Then 2020 Arnold, he did a 790. And now 2021 Ron Nationals, 822.5. So, yeah, so he's done Nationals before, but never entered as like like he's entering now, where he's a contender, right? And um, so the pressure's not on you when you do Ron Nats when you're in that position. Pressure is on you. The pressure was on him. And he actually, he was actually keeping the pressure on himself with these hype videos. And um, I think he might've, I don't know if he tagged us and I reshared, but he was looking, he wasn't shying away. Like some people do not shy away and it doesn't matter. It's okay. They're, they'll be all right with it. Is, um, is Delaney the accountant as well? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he the world's strongest accountant or something? Strongest accountant alive. Yep. <laughs> My man. I love it. I love when people have stuff like that. It actually makes him stand out because I think he's rocking a suit and the whole nine. He is yeah. not what you think. You don't picture your accountant crunching numbers and go out and smash the fucking words. Those are the numbers. That, the numbers that count, gentlemen, is the 822.5. That's the, that's the bottom line. Those are make those fucking scorecards flow. But um, in terms of flow sheets, yeah, no, Delaney was a breakthrough. Did you have an opportunity as well to uh, view some of the other national championships or what did you stick around for? And what did you see leading into? Uh, man, I, was, I was in and out. Um, so I have like, we're nearing the uh, opening of the gym. So I had to come like, real, I had to come like early and then leave out. I wanted to stay and watch the, uh, the 93s and the 105s. Yeah. What the fuck is going on with Taylor Atwood, sir? <laughs> what are we talking about here? At a certain point, you just have to kind of like, just, just shut up and just appreciate greatness, man. Like, don't question it. Just watch it happen and just see how far it could go. People are like in the comments, like, all right, man, we're all kissing his ass a little too much. And I'm like, my man, we, we, he came around. He's going to come around at God knows. Like he could have came around at during any era. He, he did a 838.5. Is that what he posted up? It was funny. Cause it was funny. Cause like, man, where was, I, I think I was getting drug tested and I'm like, uh, oh my god, this is so funny. I was getting drug tested and I just saw 838. Like, you know how you post that graphic and it was like he was born in the back of 838. I was like, damn, who 838? Was that like was that me or was that I was like, oh that was Taylor? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where the fuck did all the numbers come from? And I'm like going because I'm like, did he like he squatted like six, like almost 670? Okay, cool. I'm like, what did he bench? Like a lot. Is that or so? Where the where the hell did the other weight come from? There's no way he deadlifted like 740 or 750, and lo and behold, he deadlifted 750. Oh man, it's insane, dude. And um, 
to a certain extent for people who are like, all right, man, all right, we got to settle down. Though it's like, well, but this is happening right now. And like, when it's gone, it's gone, man. Like these certain moments, like just appreciate why it's here because it's not going to be here forever. And like, how can we contest that? What he's doing right now? Like it is, well, it is fucking insane. The reason why people are going crazy is because he's a 74 pretty much breaking records as like a weight class up. So he, yeah. He, for he, Yeah. I mean, like if he's right there, I mean, it, this me, he was right there with me. Like he, he might as well have been on the same platform competing with me. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's next level shit, man. <laughs> You're going into the next room and be like, all right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the fellas in my weight class, but I'm not getting fucking out tail total by Taylor. No, we, no, we, <laughs> you're telling Joey, you're telling Joey, Joey's like the next one. He's like, what am I loading the bar with? Whatever I got to beat Taylor. Right? That's what, that's what it is. Do that beat these fellas. Did I beat these fellas? Okay. Beat Taylor. Now after me, I was like, I was like, man, I have no words. I'm, I was like, bro, so I'm not going to get out total by you. I was like, yeah. I don't give a damn. You can come close. As long as it's one kilo over, you're not That's out. right. Close is fine. I, I can live with close, but I, mean, I just. I know, I know people have been throwing out around the concept that he should move to 83 and compete. I mean, I would, that would be dope. That'd be fun as hell. I was going to say, I, I believe people said um, Ricky Cho's moving up and Michael C's moving up. So you might have some new competitors. But it'd be interesting if, like, you know, yeah, Taylor just went in as a light 83 for like a one off contest, like the arms like that. And you guys could just have like a, like a fun little battle and see how it goes. Cause it'd be like, you know, someone who again, push you and see what you can do more. Yeah. I was, I was talking about this. Uh, I was talking about this recently. I'm like, I would people like, I don't know if people would be scared to have a potential threat come into their weight class, or whatever, but I legit want that because um, number one, I'm, I don't, I'm not afraid of losing. I don't really care about losing. I just care about squeaking out as much of myself as I can. So if he came to the weight class, I already know like how that's going to sharpen my mind and mentality towards training. Um, and I feel like that would bring the best potential of me out of myself. Um, and likewise with himself, like he's already, he's already like one of the goats and he's very consistent. And I feel like he rises to occasion and controversy as well. So I think that for both of us would be amazing. Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to him coming to 83 to compete. Um, that would be, that'd be fun as hell, in my opinion. It, it would be cool colossal man it would be epic like i mean i would pay for pay-per-view if he did (laughs) what are we talking about here if taylor said i'm making an announcement oh in the comments all the comments were like okay so this guy for about five minutes held the 83 kilo world world record total (laughs) okay he would come in uh, which is like that's when russ is like all right load that motherfucking dead let's (laughs) let's let's sort history proper right now but um and brett's like that fucking go get him russ let's not uh, let's all of a sudden brett's like i'm a bystander but i need my man to (laughs) write what's right um and then uh on top of that people were like crunching numbers like well Okay, so briefly he held the 83 world record, ended up with silver medal in the 83s as a 74 though. So like like a 163 pound man was was a silver medalist. Um, and then they started crunching. He would have been like, Arian, you might have the numbers. What would he have been as a 93 or 105 as a super heavyweight? Wasn't he top five, which is far, far. Like well, the, well the, the super heavies were also weak, well, weak this year. What you know, Ray not being there, a couple people dropped. Don't out. ruin a good story, don't bury the lead, <laughs> Arian. Arian, don't be the voice of reason on me when I'm going hyperbolic here. I'm trying sound bites, love. 
But what, what would he have been as an 83? Do you know? Can you pull that up? I'm sure, second. Well, for, yeah, for Taylor in the 83s, he would have been second. Oh, sorry, been, not 83. I meant, to, I meant super heavyweight. For the supers, he would have been um, fourth. Fuck me. As a 163-pound man? That's insane, man. <laughs> if he goes 83, if and, and he packs on, it would be Russ versus Taylor would be absolutely, if this could be like a Sheffield, if Sheffield can take place, now I don't know what we need. Like, obviously, you know, we got to get there. We got, we need worlds to happen. We could talk about that in a minute. But if this was all to lay out in you versus Taylor and Taylor says, I will entertain, you know, I won't go full 83, but I won't cut because Sheffield, you don't need to cut, right? It was yeah. not weight classes. My God, man, that would be huge. And you want to talk about, um, you know, having battles that you get remembered on, you will yeah. go, you will go toe to toe with the goat that we have right now yeah. in the fun. world. Yeah. I, I mean, it'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I watched that performance. I was just kind of shook. I was like, man, that's different. There's not a lot of power juice that, uh, people always ask me like, who do I look up to and like who motivates me to train? Um, there's not really like a lot of pops that do that for myself, but Taylor's definitely been sewn over the last couple of years. He's just kind of motivated me with all of his success, uh, what he's been able to accomplish and just the limits he keeps pushing and the, and the questions he, he keeps answering when people doubt him. And he doesn't, he also has been into, like he's had a lot of showdowns. He's been around the block. He's, that was his record. That was seven U.S. national titles. And that's a record. Am I right, Arian? Yep. Yep. So after this year, now Taylor's first with seven titles, Ray is second with six titles. And then Russ and another number of guys are tied on third with four titles. And he's been into some, you know, he's got pulled into some heated social media, trash talk, whatever. And he's gone to an extent, the Russell or he route where he's like, all right, I'm not going to get to, I'm only going to go so far but I'm not going to get into it. Whatnot. He, uh, he kind of reminds me of you in a way with how you carry yourselves. Um, once you hit the platform where you consistently put forth, like it, it, the pressure doesn't get to you. And then how you carry yourself as well, like in, in social media and like consistency with training and not overly shooting. Cause some people overshoot maybe a little bit in training, get a little bit of hyped up and, uh, and get fall into that kind of trap. Um, it would probably be a heck of a lot different. You guys facing off as well. Like, I don't think there would be a heck of a lot of animosity, um, but would, would you need that? Cause you guys are pretty friendly, man. Friendly, like he, he, he calls you the goat. No, what the hell? No, he does <laughs> though. He does though. No, we, no, we talk to each other. Like we're cool. We have like a mutual respect for each other. We, we, like we were just talking this morning. Um, I mean, he's, he's, I think when it comes to situations like that, you have two um, people that are good at lifting and you don't need the trash talk to motivate you. That person's greatness alone motivates you. Mm. Um, so for me, like, I don't have to, I don't have to talk shit about him. I don't have to talk shit to him. It's literally just looking at this individual and what they've accomplished is like, that shit is motivating and it's making me want to rise to the occasion. So I feel like he feels the same way. Like he's not going to, I don't think he'll disrespect me or talk shit about me or talk down on me, but he'll look at me as like, okay, like this guy's coming up and um, let me show him how we do it. So I'm sure he probably thinks of, I think it's just a mutual respect, man. Like, I feel like that kind of stuff, um, whenever you are, I guess like, I don't want to say below, but 
I don't know. You don't need the trash talking theatrics in order to get you going when you have uh, two level, uh, two high level competitors like that. Yeah, just the fact that the other person's there is enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, where you're like, enough. like that's all I need. Yeah. Would it change though? Um, when you know you got to go against somebody and compete against them, does it change a little bit of the relationship? Uh, I've never competed against someone like that before. Yeah. Where you were, where you weren't before and then you became like, it was always, they were a competitor. They didn't come out of nowhere and became yeah, a competitor. Yeah. Cause Brett was Brett. Like I didn't have like a personal relationship with Brett prior. Taylor, I have somewhat of a personal relationship with, like we, we speak and we have mutual respect for each other and we, you know, uh, big each other up during training. We have like little talks about mentalities. So I've never had a, I've never had to go against someone like that. Um, and I view him as like a better lifter than me. So it's, it's a little bit different. It would be different in terms of, um, you know, in the 83s, for sure, you are, you're, you're the guy, right? Like you've, you've won all these titles. You're uh, breaking records yourself, um, holding these records and, and collecting not just records for numbers and totals and squat, and, but also collecting numbers in terms of like titles and, and world records or sorry, world championships. But if he was to come up, yeah, he would have to take that a little because the hype is so heavy on him it is it is remarkable to have that kind of to keep showing up consistently usually someone's going to have a bad day like he had he went to a local meet and he did like 770 something and he was a little bit hurt and he wasn't all there it's how some people routinely keep pulling it off on the big stage and it never have like that dropping of the ball day yeah his consistency is it's crazy. I don't know. He just doesn't have a. He doesn't have like. He doesn't have bad days like that often. Like on the platform, at least. Would um, you see? Would you say he has no bad days? <laughs> oh. You said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah, his consistency is phenomenal, man. Um, in, in terms of your performance as well. So in the squats, how good does, does it feel to go three for three for squats? <laughs> Take a world record and be like, all right, are we done now? Are we no. good? Are we are we good? <laughs> so my my whole thing um going into this meet and something I was very like dug in about was getting three white lights for all my squats. Um last round nationals, I had a shit show, I almost bombed out. And for me that was embarrassing because it just I just wasn't executing well. Um it's almost embarrassing to get caught out on depth. That that's not <laughs> For powerlifters, isn't it weird how that's like a, a really bad thing to call somebody? Yeah, right. it, it's, it's really embarrassing. I didn't want to to repeat that because if I were to repeat that this year, that means I didn't grow in my training and I didn't I didn't get better. Like I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So my main goal was to make sure I went three for three on squats, and it wasn't it wasn't the weight like at all. Like it was just the fact that like when I look back on the footage, like them shits were pretty undeniable. Like I was pretty deep. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm happy about that. The weight's the weight, but I just wanted to make sure that we progressed from what we did last week for sure. Mm -hmm. And that should, to a large extent, I mean, because previously depth wasn't an issue. You have one day where you get called for depth a couple times, you're like, all right, man, that was one day. It wasn't like a body of work that <laughs> was dodgy. So, but it, it is one of those deals where you got to kind of like shake it off your back. And do you think now you're like, all right, I think we've moved on past this. This isn't going to be something that people bring up anymore. Yeah, I think all training, I, I did 
pretty decent job with squat and to depth. Um, we made a couple adjustments, um, technique-wise, and just like how we're wearing the belt and all that, and I think it paid off. So yeah, definitely like a couple of weeks out, just building that confidence, and then now that we've done that at the meet, I know exactly what it feels like to do that at the 83 kg. Um, like, I guess like the way your body feels like when it's 83 kg. Mm-hmm. So it's just like kind of like memorizing that feeling and then repeating that next time I compete. Isn't it freaking weird how at points, I know, yeah, I've, I've been there where you have to tell yourself that was depth. You check the video. Okay. That was depth. And you're like, I know what that felt like now. And it's weird how overtraining in certain periods of time where you, if you haven't competed in a little bit and you just slightly get away from it one day, not a lot, not a lot, but just slightly. And it doesn't feel a heck of a lot different because it's very slight next training, just a little bit more just not a lot, just a little bit more slightly from now. So you, you go, you're a little slightly higher, but you don't feel it because it's only so slight. And then over the course of time, you can be like, when you hit the platform, be like, and some people are murmuring about ah, looking a little high. Be like, I've never been high, man. What are you talking about? What are you, what are you fucking Snoop Dogg? There's no <laughs> high over here, bro. And you, you hit the platform, you're like, what the hell happened? Those felt like they did in training. When did this happen? And people don't understand how it can happen. It can happen, man. It happened to me. If you do it long enough, this is like everything, not just squat depth, but squat depth is something you get penalized for. But from like your hands, when you grab the bar, you're like, when did my hand position move out on squats? I don't remember ever doing that, but a little bit of tightness and things start changing over time. You're like, when the hell did that happen? And until you start reviewing tape, you're like, oh, okay, let's, let's, let's dial this back. As long as you avert um disaster which you do it's all it's all fun and games what did you talk about squats though what did you think about jamar and arian wait a second this is the first time we had a podcast since we did our bet my man (laughs) holy smokes dude can i say something holy smokes man bi Whoa. After his first, so I posted the clip and I was like, all right, man, this is it. And I tagged Jamar and Jamar like, and then put it in the stories and Jamar like replied back and like, we're like, we're good. <laughs> you know, like we're going to be good. Everything's going to be okay. And I was like, am I putting too much pressure on Jamar by doing this? I'm like, it is what it is. It's already out there. It is. I've been saying this for months in the, in the comments and then the captions. And then on Jamar's second squat, it was 305. So we're a good 13 kilo away, bro. And that's a, that's a big jump on squats. And it was a struggle bus. It was like a holy smokes, stop the press. I started changing the password to KOTL and I was getting ready to start cleaning the DMs. And I was like, well, here we go. Start the DMs from scratch. But I was going to be like, let's, well, here we are. Let's, uh, we're going to have a lot of Aryan orientated posts coming up the next month. Like, I don't know what the hell we were. I was literally like, holy shit, it's about to happen. And people were DMing me and tagging me and be like, oh my God, Arian's about to run KOTL and people in our group chats and the whole nine. I'm like, I got like a bunch of different group chats going on. Like, holy shit. And I'm like, holy smokes, man. Literally Jamar said he figuratively and literally tightened his belt where he went out back and he's like, I think I'm smaller than I was in training. Cause he cut a lot of weight. He's like, I need to take my belt size down right now. And they're like, right now you never adjust equipment in between sets like this. And he's like, trust me. And he said, my coach is like, 
all right, man, because you know, the last squat's <laughs> going to be your last squat anyway. So <laughs> we're, we, we kind of got to do what we got to do. Jamar's like tight, let's tighten the belt. And then, and then mentally, you know, the expression tight, tighten your belt, you know, get ready. And, um, my man threw on 318. He didn't walk away after 305. I was like, there's no fucking way he's low in 318. <laughs> yeah. Isn't going to happen. And here's what I also liked. He could have went 317.5. And like, you, you know, he wanted the chip, but it still would have been a record. And he probably wasn't going to chip necessarily for the total, although maybe he's going for the chip for the bronze anyways. But anyways, he did 318. He wasn't shying away. And that's a big 13 kilo jump. Um, and when I seen him load that, it was like, holy shit. I swear to God. For a second, I thought, is this my fault? <laughs> did I did I pressure this young man? <laughs> or now that's a storyline. If he doesn't load it up, people are gonna start talking shit about him. And and I'm like, and after 305, I'm like, I might be an asshole. I don't know if I feel <laughs> good about this. I don't, I'm like the guy who talked his friend into driving when his friend was drunk. Hey, my, that guy, what is happening right now? And I was like, please, Jamar, hit this. Or for both of us now, like I, not just for KOTL for the next month and everyone who has to follow. But um, did you, did you happen to see that or were you? Uh, I was getting kind of annoyed. I was sitting like, I was sitting on like, you know how a competitor sit? There's usually like a TV that's kind of like showing what's going on the back. I was sitting down, there's like bad people in front. It's like, I can't see shit. Like, <laughs> I wanted to watch. Um, but all I heard was like, I think he went actually like right before me. I can't remember on that attempt or something. Probably, because um, I don't think anyone was in between you guys. So, yeah, probably, I think he, yeah. went right, he went right before me, and Julia was like, like kind of looking, <laughs> but I'm like listening to views. I'm not trying to. Like, you pause for a second, Aaron. Did he freeze on your end? Yeah, yeah, I think you froze. Okay, hang on one second. He'll come back in. We'll get him to back up the story. I think he's still telling me. <laughs> but you didn't get KOTL for a month, sir. I, I didn't watch any of the attempts, but I, I went back and watched it after right, fact. You know. Oh, there he is. Okay. Good. Okay, okay. So you were saying, Joey, um, you froze for us just when you said – you were seeing Joey. Joey was seeing the squat, and his expression changed from cool as a cucumber to. <gasps> he was kind of like watching. I'm like, okay, something's happening on the platform. I'm gonna keep listening to my music, so I don't want to get too much into it. But I ended up seeing it after, and I was like, how the hell did he jump from that <laughs> to 700? I'm like, bro, that was like, what was it like 670 or six something like that? Like, um, yeah, 305 is 671. Yeah. Yeah. 370. Yeah, 671. Yeah. Woo, man. Hey, his coach had had tremendous faith in him that that belt <laughs> loose. Dude. Jumped to look after that attempt. Him, his coach, and everyone with the last name Royster was probably the only people who were picking him to get that 700 after the second attempt. <laughs> <laughs> Your last name was Royster because that second attempt, and I told him, like, that made the story so much better. Like in terms of everything, in terms of the hype around it, he's been chasing that number for so long, for years, literally chasing it for years. And um, the fact, like the, now the 305 being the shaky 305 is better. It's better this way. It's a way better story. And the fact that he went in the back and's like, we got we to gotta tighten my belt. It's like, you want me to break out a screwdriver and start tightening your belt right now? And he's like, yeah. 
this is what this is how the story's got to go and it's like and figuratively and literally went back and tightened his belt it's a phenomenal story man and then i went out there and smoked it man hit it way easier in the second and i was like oh my lord man that was a good uh it's a good storyline right there but um what did you feel about did it matter to you at all about being the first to squat 700 on the platform or are you like man it was an afterthought by that point um are you talking about like him being the first squat 700 yeah was was that like walking into this were you like i hope i'm the first one to squat 700 as an 83 you're like it doesn't matter no i don't care um yeah i, I didn't i didn't care at all about that like that, that wasn't a big deal to me it's more so like who squatted the most um i mean like it, it used to be I, I, yeah, it's, I just never thought about it. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, he was the first to get the crack at it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'll probably have the squat record. So that's cool. And it is, a, for him, an unofficial world record as well, which is good yeah, for, for him cool. to hang his hat. He actually said, I'll, I'll tell you this. He said in the DMs, look at Russ could have hit at if he went first anyways. Like he says to himself, right? Like he's, he's a humble dude, man. Jamar's a nice guy. So he's like, it's not, you know, this is my own personal goal, my own personal journey. I know <laughs> Russ can squat like a motherfucker. I'm not, if he wanted to load that up, but he's playing the long play of, you know, obviously you had to build a total and it's not just in, and the storyline for him was that seven hundo. So it is what it is. Yeah. Um, he has their own storyline, and mine mine wasn't attached to being like the first to squat seven hundred in a platform for eighty three kg. I love that there's so many storylines. Like I love um, that's the one thing powerlifting has, where you go in there and certain people battle for a bronze, battle for or whatever the like like something like whether it's Meg or Chrissy Max Power who came back from a terrible knee injury, and um, everyone's like like that she couldn't even bend her knee sit getting in and out of a chair and this is like just like a few months out and she's like um she was fighting for top five and she's a returning champ fighting for top five and we were like damn her total went down and she went from being a champ to fighting for top five like that's got to be embarrassing no and it's like nah man (laughs) you got you don't know the storyline that some people are walking in with where um sometimes that's was like the most inspirational stories but um what what are you thinking in terms of looking ahead are you, you going to say something? I'm in. No, no. Like, sorry. <laughs> no, someone just came in. I was like, I'm on the podcast. Yo, this is the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, with the, I'm on CNN right now. <laughs> like, you, I was like, yeah, yeah it's good. Sure. Are, you doing, are you doing a blog? <laughs> maybe maybe uh, they want to get on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Did you have any more questions about the U.S. run ask before I move on to world, uh, Arian? No, I mean, that, that pretty much uh, covers it. The only thing I was going to mention that uh, sucks for Jamar's is the, the way USAPL does, like, the American records. They take whatever's like you know the biggest squat at the meet, and that's the new American record. So ah. in, in the USAPL history, when you go look, it'll still show it still shows Russ at like you know 2019 nationals, and then now 2021 run uh, run. But at least like you know Jamar and all of us will remember that story and how everything yeah. played out. You know what? I'm glad that this thing got blown <laughs> blown a little out of proportion by accident. I got a little hyperbolic and things got crazy, but it threw a lot of focus on it. So Jamar can be like, all right, look at I'm pretty sure everybody knows what happened. I don't need I don't need that nobody goes into the database to look at records that were broken and they're not standing anymore. But uh, so anyways, he got a lot of focus on it. Um, what are your thoughts about the world's changing to Sweden? And uh looks like it might be a go I'm, I'm, I'm 
good with that. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to where they had it before. I know that. So yeah. Um, I'm 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 happy about that. As soon as they changed, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that if I have the opportunity to do it. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, you got an opportunity. Yeah. None of us really know what's going to happen there. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we see. It's tough, man, because we've seen like politics stop. Um, Rondell Hunt, he was the 2018 junior world champion as a 105. And he actually, his junior world total was so high in 2018 at the Worlds in Calgary that he would have won the Open. It was so, he had such a good performance. So everyone's like, can't wait to see him. And then he caught it, like his, uh, where is he from again, Arian? Is it? Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. Um, they've had like some kind of politics going on with those federations and um, it's internal and domestic. It wasn't, it's not with the IPF, but it's internal with each other. Like who's the proper fed, et cetera. And my man hasn't been to IPF world since. And it's like, we already lost the worlds due to COVID. Um, so we, I would, it would kill me if like you, Taylor, you know, if something, if, if it doesn't go through, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if USAPL, and I'm not going to put you on the spot on this, uh, so don't worry about that. But if USAPL leaves, if a new, if people could still go as uh, like representing US, like America is still part of the world, it's the world championships. And if they're allowed to go, if the USAPL will let them do that as well as also go to USAPL or, or what happens, who knows, right? Like USAPL leaving isn't the end either necessarily. Um, so who knows how this is all going to shake up in terms of as long as fuck, man, you know, how politics get in terms of, uh, sanctions, how they don't want you to cross over, but yeah, it's a tough one. Taylor's talked about it, not saying what he would do, but saying when you talk to people and say you're a national champion, or when you talk to people and say, I'm a world champion for anyone in the general public, the world title is going to weigh differently. Right. Uh, it's way different. Yeah. Like, um, the recognition, like the int uh, intrigue with saying you're a world champion is way different from national champion. Like it's not even close. Because when you say world champion, you associate that like mentally with the Olympics. And you're like, oh, like, wow, like you're an Olympian. It's like, oh, no, not Olympian, but I'm a world champion. <laughs> so it's just, it just holds a different prestige for sure. You think of any real, like any kind of sports that there is like levels to this. Um, yeah. Like in terms of boxing, you don't even know who the national champions are. Yeah. You know who the world champions are. In terms of MMA, there's like, they don't even bother. Right? There is no UFC national champions or whatever. It's just worlds. So yeah, definitely. We've just been conditioned as sports fans. So that's why it'd be, it'd be tough. Now, I don't know what the USCPL has got in store. If they do leave, we don't even know if they're going to leave, but um, it would be inside of powerlifting that those titles would mean more in outside of powerlifting to the general public. It is going to be that cachet of the world championship. That's it's tough, right? Yeah. I don't know, my man, hopefully Sweden happens. And then on top of that, Brett seems to be a stitch under the weather. He, he's, he's playing. I know he had a surgery to remove chips in his elbow. I got absolutely, I haven't talked to Brett or nothing in, in forever. But um, I think he was talking about, I haven't seen a posting up too much in terms of training since then. Now that just might be, you know, he's, he's laying low. He didn't have to, he didn't have any competitions, had surgery. So what the heck, but I don't know. He hasn't, I haven't seen the updates. Have you guys seen any updates on him? 
I saw him looking like he was traveling the world. Like he he looks like he's on a pilgrimage right now. <laughs> it looks like he's just living life and enjoying life and just you know camping and, and fishing. And I don't think I don't. I mean, I, I don't want to say anything like for definite, but it does not look like he's been looking. Like it's yeah. just he's just kind of like just enjoying life at this point. Yeah. yeah, it's difficult to say, man. Yeah. Um. Do you have you have you seen much, Arian, in terms of Brett? No, just the stuff he's posted was like, you know, last month he posted about how he had the elbow surgery and, and how he started training again. And he posted a video where he did like, you know, 45 squat for like four or five reps. And he mentioned he's been doing, you know, cardio stuff as well. And then the latest thing was like, yeah, is him like, you know, out in the mountains saying he's doing like voluntary work for the Department of uh, Conservation, stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe he's busy with like, you know, work and other aspects of life and just like kind of slowly come back into training um, with New Zealand too, like, you know, it seems like they have basically no chance of going international this year. So maybe he's anyways focused on long-term for next year and going forward. Damn. Is that right? I mean, with the, the vaccination rates in the U S and Canada are not the same as like, you know, in some of these other countries where they don't have access to it. So they, some of them may not be getting vaccinated until maybe even next year. And I mean, their, their travel restrictions are a lot more uh, strict than ours. So not everyone can afford paying, you know, seven or 10 days in a hotel, like the UFC fighters have to do when they come back. And if he's at, if his surgery was just like roughly a month ago and he's doing a plate aside, is that what you're saying for squats? No, four, 45. Okay. I thought you were saying a 45 aside. I was like, all right, well, we're 14 weeks out, sir. So yes. <laughs> it's going to take a miracle. That's uh, where the turnaround time is crazy. Cause I'm already, I'm already training for, for Sweden. Like I, I'm training with the mindset that it's going to happen. So like I'm already like once we finish up here, I'm gonna go train squats. So I'm already like thinking, okay, like I'm going back into prep mode. Like I'm about to go buy groceries and just kind of get back on my, you know, grind. Yeah, what I, yeah, I was gonna say is for those that are gonna do the North American Championship, that's mid-August. Like that's a really fast turnaround. And those that are gonna do the World Championship, that's end of September, going to early October. So that's a quick turnaround as well. And as far as like we don't know where we stand, the preliminary nominations for all countries are due in 33 days. So at least we're gonna know soon where we stand and who's going and who's not going. Yeah. yeah 33 days. Oh, we still got a little bit though. But, but I mean, you're going to start sending out the invites because you got to get all the paperwork and everything and see who accepts and stuff like that. People are going to post the, Hey, I accepted my invite or Hey, you know, I got on the alternate list and okay, now I made yeah. the team. So we'll start hearing things in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, it is. I am interested in seeing how this shakes up and is it difficult to get motivated when there's so much that's left up in the air? Nah, not for me. The way I look at it is I, I just mentally think that's going to happen. Um, so I just get prepared for it. And if it doesn't, then, I mean, it's all good. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But I definitely, I'm already in the mindset. Like, I, I hit Joey, <laughs> I hit Joey, like, pretty much like a day or two after I competed. I was like, hey, man, I'm just letting you know, like, this is my plan. I definitely want to go uh, compete in Sweden. I definitely want to compete for world titles. So, like, you know. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get to it. So we got to start. We got to start working like pretty much now. Dude, 14 weeks. Yeah. Help me <laughs> off like a, a national meet. I mean, that's quick, man. That's real quick. It is super quick. How often are your, were you going to say something, Aaron? No, I was going to say, if we, if we do make it, it, it seems like it's going to be nice with this whole change. It's like, 
you fly into Copenhagen, take a two hour train. It's at the legal headquarters. So we're going to have like, you know, all the best equipment, maybe just brand new equipment everywhere. Like, you know, everyone maybe get their own rack and stuff like that. And, you know, you get to see everyone again. So it, it seems like it's going to be a good setup and it's going to be like, you know, very competitive, everything like that. We just got to get there. Yeah. I was excited when I saw it was at the, like the Lico is pretty much like sponsoring the whole thing. I was like, Oh shit. Like that's dope. <laughs> Dude. I haven't been to any powerlifting competition since worlds, any of them. Like, and more on that, I'm in Ontario, man. We don't even have gyms open. Like I haven't been to a gym in like, ever man i i am when we get there i'm gonna be freaking out dude my first competition in years now will be the world championships you're not gonna know if you like shake people's hands or hug them or what to do i'm going right past that dog <laughs> especially when i see you here i'm going right past that bro okay there's no masks like just chilling no masks at all in florida yeah, for, like, I mean, there's, there's no mask here in Texas either. Froze on us again. Yeah. In the uh, competition room, nothing. Just chilling. Um, speaking of Texas, man, so your, your gym is opening shortly, you're saying? Yeah, this Saturday. Holy shit, dude. Well, congratulations, first off. That's right around the corner. And I know it's a long time coming. Um, what kind of are you, what do you feel, man? A little excited, a little nervous, a little, a little bit of everything? Uh, all of the above, man. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting for sure. It's gonna be fun. It's good that you won, and you feel great about it. <laughs> My mom was saying that she's like, she's like, "Woo, man! I'm I'm glad you won because we, <laughs> it's a awkward." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." But I, I listened to podcasts with Michael Bisping. And um, he signed some like business deals to go to like some after parties at nightclubs and they pay you an appearance fee and shit. And he said he got knocked out <laughs> and had to show up. And the doctor's like, I don't think you should go. And he's like, fuck man, they're paying me like 20 grand. And he's like, <laughs> he said it was the worst. He's at the club and people like, fuck. They see him there. And instead of, hey, they look at you like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just awkward he's like i don't want to be here people feel awkward talking to me like if it was a bad day you're like oh man but like, uh competing that people don't really talk about like that it's like sometimes you have a lot of business ventures kind of riding on like winning or placements like you know i mean i could i have a lot of i mean my whole way of living kind of is circled around like my competitive life and a pile of things so if i were to take an l like that I plan on releasing some like training programs. I'm trying to open up a gym. I'm trying to do this and that. All that just takes a hit. It's just kind of awkward. One hundred percent. There's absolutely no question. Once you, uh, that's the that's the tough part where it's freeing because you work for yourself. So you are like an entrepreneur, and it's it's amazing. But on the flip side, like for people like, well, it's just powerlifting. Who cares? Don't overthink things. Like not for everybody. Not for everybody. Some people are making dough. Some people have like sponsorships and, uh, and a following and, and social media isn't just social media for these people. It's part of their business. Like that is a brand you're looking at. And it, yeah, if, if you took a bad L, you know, if, if, if it, like you bombed out on squats, like in 2019, that actually happened or whatever the heck you'd be like, fuck. Yeah. This isn't great. This isn't great. 
have that a lot of people have that mindset i mean i kind of like taylor taylor has that mindset of like don't post your best days inside of the gym keep your competition guessing i'm like shit i gotta get this i gotta get this <laughs> <laughs> you're like listen i need my this is this i don't got a day job fam this is, i gotta post this <laughs> you're like listen taylor Thank you. You got a day job, but I'm taking my fucking shirt off. Okay? <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> I got to pay the bills, baby. It is what it is. Okay. But um, yeah, man, it's different. And, uh, were you, what kind of pressure is that when you go into like a heated meet, like you're facing at the U S raw Nats? Is it on your mind where you're like, are you just like, all right, whatever, I'll get by no matter what. No, nah, I mean like it's uh it's it's a stress because like um once you get to a point where like other people are kind of like relying on the success of like what you do um you have that in mind as well it's like damn if i fail like i play a role in everyone else failing so i just want to make sure i succeed and that that stress is real for sure um but at the same time you can look at it as a motivator to make sure you're you're definitely training the way you should be training even uh, what you should be eating yeah, if staff at your gym are like, come on, man, what are you eating that for? Yeah. <laughs> or they're like, and you're like, okay, take it easy. We're fine. Or everything's going to be fine. Or a staff at your gym's like, listen, man, I kind of need a new car. Are you feeling good? <laughs> How you been? That last squat set was shaky. How you feeling, champ? Should I make a down payment? What's going on? Should I finance this? Am I going all in? What's going on? You're like... Get it's good fuck. because we have a we have a good supportive team. Like um, they understand the importance of the, the meet. So it's just like, hey, like you know, Russ needs to focus on this. So like you know, like just let him relax and and do what he has to do for the day and go home. And then we'll take up the slack that he leaves whenever he's not here. So uh, that definitely helped a lot. With me. You know what I loved, man, when you Jonathan Keiko and Taylor had that moment in the Instagram stories where you were all. I think I think Taylor went first and he put in the caption something about man, starting to get close to, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure, feel a little grumpy, feel a little tight, feel yeah. a little. And yeah. then you, you were in the comments and Keiko was in the comments and I'm not saying Keiko's name, last name, right? How do I say it? Aaron? Keiko. Keiko. Oh, Keiko. Oh, Keiko. There we go. I don't feel so bad if Russ didn't get it. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, Keiko, Jonathan, um, and he, he was in the comments and then, um, I was like, oh shit, that's a moment, man. You got three national champions leading into nationals. And I bet you there's a lot of people who aren't national champions who feel a certain way and don't say too much. But if they see these fellas who are all like have won in the big show opening up. So I like put it in our stories and you guys are sharing the story. And a lot of people, man, were like, you know, you get the like 100 or the clap or whatever emoji responses to your story. People were vibing off that and some other people like DM response that we're leading into with like, big time. Same. I am in rough shape right now. And I am like inches away from pulling out, but I'm glad to see other people are like, Hey man, these last few days are kind of tough right now. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a bit of a, a revealing moment, man, that not a lot of people talk about. Yeah. I mean, leading up to me, I'm not, I'm, I'm maybe it's just the fact that you're, and like you're just tired I don't know um but, but like my I just get very irritable like I, my temp my my temper gets super short 
Um, I don't really talk to people as much. Like in the gym, I'm lifting with legit rage. Like I'm not a nice person. <laughs> I'm not a nice person. I remember Bart, Bart Kwan came down to do a collab and I told him like, hey, um, you know, you're, I mean, like, let's come down and do some stuff together, but I'm just letting you know, Saturday, like, I get a certain type of way, and I'm just letting you know right now, and uh, <laughs> we were training, and, like, he was trying to, like, he was trying to, like, I guess, like, talk to me or something, I'm just like, I'm like, nah, fam, let me get this, let me get my top set out of the way, and then I got you after, but, like, honestly, like, I'm just on that move. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> he, he's like, okay, and then <laughs> you, you guys are in the gym, he asked a question, like, does it not look like I'm using it? <laughs> so like, that's how you answer. And he's like, all right, never mind. I, I feel like we're in a relationship right now. What is happening? I did. I'm not trying to have an argument with you. But uh, you're like, could you take the, could you say it nicely next time? You know, little things. It's weird, but I know what you mean where it starts getting like that. And people, people who aren't used to seeing it think like, oh, that's how he handles pressure. Oh, it's the pressure getting to him. And it's like, no, it's not a him thing. This is unanimous, man. Yeah. This, this is everybody. Yeah. You just aren't, most people just aren't heightened pressure cooker situations where so many people are watching. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the, uh, the gift and the curse. It is good that your staff understands that though. And it's like, and you're probably like, oh, I'm going to have to fucking talk to this guy after the <laughs> nationals is over. <laughs> <laughs> you're like hey man can we talk in my office for a minute because <laughs> you're all smiles <laughs> with your gold medal on let's talk fam everything's good i was a little grouchy earlier but we're good how what was the first meal you had after you won uh it was first watch it was like this it's like this restaurant and, and it's like a chain out here in the u.s they have it in a couple states I'm not, it's funny because I'm not, I'm not that eager to eat badly, man. I'm, I'm literally like in still in grind mode. So like, I just went to, I had a couple of like bad meals here and there, but I'm just, I'm ready to return back to cooking. Damn. Yeah. It's weird. Like I just wasn't satisfied with what I did and I'm just like, okay, like <laughs> back to work. Like I need to do better than that. So, um, did you have cocktails? Nah, that's going to be this, that's going to be Saturday. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> okay. I was going to say what? Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday, I'm like a lie. Like I'm, I'm gonna be on a different planet for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your Instagram live comes up and it's one of those re regretful ten drinks in. You're like, I'm going to Instagram live right now. Uh, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see our IG story for sure. Like, oh, that, hell things, yeah! All that kind of stuff. I, I'm gonna take one day to do that and then back to back to work. You got to. Do you drink throughout the year at all? Like how often, or, or is it because you're always in prep for something? No, I don't like I don't like alcohol that much. Um, I only like to drink when it's like time to celebrate. To be honest, um, I don't like casually drinking alcohol that much. Um, yeah, I can count on my hands how many times I probably drink a year. Holy shit, dude! Yeah, I'm not a big alcohol guy. I'm not a beer. I'm not a beer guy at all. I'm not a wine guy. Uh, just don't be drinking like that. To be honest with you. That's where I kind of set you up to be like, listen, I only drink when I celebrate, but life's been good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm drinking every night, you know? <laughs> I'm, trying like, at, I'm trying to get better at celebrating the moment because once like, once you, once I accomplish something, it's, it's automatically, okay, like what's next? Like, or how do I make that look better? Um, so this time I'm like, okay, have one day. Like there's a lot of things that are kind of rolling in at once. So let's, you know, celebrate for that one day. And then like after that, it is yeah you need an unwind session if you and appreciate moments um because it 
they if you just grind grind like the moment in itself is is amazing too but you need to blow off some steam too because there's yeah. a lot of pressure man mm-hmm. and it's got to be some kind of celebration here and there where you have like i am gonna mark this down and relax and just like tonight tonight we smash some food and we're off the the macros or whatever do you count macros and everything too yeah sure yeah I mean, I'll be, if I don't count macros, man, I'm like 300 pounds. It's crazy. <laughs> people, people are like, people are like just eat intuitively. You know, you're giving yourself a complex. I'm like, I will seriously be 350. I can't, <laughs> I can't eat intuitively. My, my intuition is to be a fat man. Okay. That's my intuition. Don't eat coming out. And I've, I've always hated that pushback on like, don't count macros. It's going to, it's going to mess up your mentality. I'm like, man, like if you're an athlete, you need to be counting your macros. <laughs> like. If you're an athlete, like it just—I don't know—I don't see how you don't do that if you're trying to track your performance. Like if you're trying to squeak out every last bit of uh, potential that you have, I think you should definitely be counting macros. I, dude, I got here. This this kind of this is a story that'll go with both what we're saying. Mm-hmm. I was um this is like years ago. I was dating a girl. She was cutting like crazy to make fifty-seven kilo. And then um, after, and she won a competition, hit PRs, whatever. And all of us, like a bunch of us are, we're out of town and we're like, let's go for cocktails. Let's have some food, let's smash some food. And I tell her like, I got this, babe. You, you, you fucking order what you want, okay? And then, so and we got a hotel room, the whole nine. And um, girl was suppressing some hunger because she had so, she was eating so much. Food was coming to the table and, um, I remember, um, so she left at one point. She's like, I gotta go. I'll meet you back at the hotel room. Man, I am fucking stuffed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. Whatever. Cool. Right. And then, um, at the end of the night, we were getting our bills and I got, I looked at the bill and I'm like, I'm sorry, this, there's a mistake here. Uh, and I said, I said, this is for myself and the girl beside me. And they go, Oh yeah. And I'm like, there's like fucking four desserts on this. And they were like, and the lady goes, I watched her combine all four desserts into one. And then the lady goes, who is she? I go, I go, what do you mean? Is she like a YouTube, one of those YouTube eating stars or who the fuck? She's 125 pounds. I've never seen this before in my life. The bill was like $300. It was a phenomenal. There were drinks on it, but still it was phenomenal. And I, we, we went back. Like she's bad. She's like in a diabetic coma. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. This is how we party, I guess. That was an expensive night considering it was over early and whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, that was the worst I've ever seen or the best I've ever seen for someone to party. I've partied, but never that far. But uh, it is what it is. It- do you at least like, you know, celebrate after the big meets? Like, do you do something with your, your medal or like, you know, like a photo of the event and like put it up somewhere or do anything? Um, I'll take a picture for Instagram. That's about it. <laughs> you, yeah, what, what do you do with all your trophies and whatnot, man? You got to be amassing them now. No, nah, I don't. It's pretty bad, but I keep them like uh, in, in the suitcase. Like usually when I come back, like right now it's still in my suitcase. I've, I'm trying to get better at like, um, kind of like keeping it as like you know trophies or whatever but honestly like for the past couple of years like they just I either lose them or they just kind of stay like in a suitcase or something like that or uh, maybe in a drawer <laughs> you don't you don't put them up at the do you, have you ever thought about bringing them to see this is the catch-22 about this if you bring them to the gym it's to be like you know 
like if they're because <laughs> it feels you feel like a douchebag right you're like yeah. I, I know, man. Or, you know, people would be like, no, Russ, you should bring him to the gym. And people walk through a oh, world champion and be like, yeah, but I also got to be here. And I feel like that guy. Nah, the only thing that I've done is put up my my IPF world singlet, like in my um, little shoe room thing. It looks cool. Like that actually looks pretty cool. I think it looks dope. Dude, listen, I'm that dude. I, I love that kind of stuff. Like it means something. It's also a conversation piece. Like right now it's not as many years past, but what, like in years to come, there's like a conversation when people walk through and they're like, is that yours? And you're like, yeah. Uh, and you could talk about like Brett Gibbs, Sean Noriega. Like, let me tell you about my era. Like, are you familiar with who these people are? And like, there's stories behind it. And like, I, when I go through other people's houses and whatnot, and you see a trophy, I'm like, well, let me tell me about that. You ran a marathon? Cause you get like those medals. So it, like, I'm, I'm in, like, I'm not that dude. Who's like, this guy's a douchebag. It's just, it's tough when you're, you know, have you ever worn a shirt with your picture on the shirt, your face on the shirt? <laughs> that's a tough one so that's same podcast the guy's a world champion ufc guy and he's like i can't fucking do that and it goes i've had pr people be like put this shirt on because we're selling your autobiography and he's like fuck yeah i don't know if i can have my face on my shirt and wear it people, the people in my circle they're like oh like make a shirt with like your your face on it and like i'm like what the fuck <laughs> People, like who would wear that shit like i don't know i couldn't do that me personally <laughs> <laughs> i'm over here like uh at, at least one time my lifters have made like a photo like a cartoon version of me like lifting and made a shirt out of it like aaron you gotta wear this yeah that's different like i would i would i would get a shirt of joey i actually want to get a shirt of joey and put it like like or just wear it like as like a joke and just like oh this is fly like you know but i mean like to actually like purchase you know what i mean i don't know I, it's I, tough man but i do have a good idea like i think what i'm gonna start doing is start hanging up my singlets that i compete in that's something memorable see that's dope because it's a jersey it's like a jersey hanging from the rafters type deal yeah because i already have like the i have the ipf one from 2019 and it'd be cool to have like this most recent one and like put the metal next to it and just kind of like keep that as memories some classy like that man it's different um, it's like hanging a Jersey and there's a story behind it. And if someone wants to talk about it, cool, if not, whatever. And it's not like hanging, you know, these crazy ass pictures or whatever. Um, do you have those? Here's the thing, man. Here's the tough part. I'm going to tell you right now, a picture with you, with your shirt off flexing, you're going to sell, you're going to sell memberships. You're going to sell protein. You're going to sell creatine, but then you're like, fuck man. Do I walk into my own gym with a picture of me with my shirt off flexing? But it is on brand, man. It's tough, dude. Nah, because the gym is the gym is supposed to be an entity that 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 is going to exist outside of me. I don't want me to be a part of like this gym in the sense of like it relies on the success of what I do on the platform. Um, so to have like pictures of me inside here and like you know stuff that I've done um, would just be like counterproductive to what I want to accomplish with the gym. Okay, well, let me say two things. If I was you, I wouldn't own a shirt. <laughs> okay. That's number one off the hop. Let me get that out the way. If, if, especially if I work for myself, so nobody can tell me to put a shirt on. Okay. That's it. Whatever business meetings, I'm fucking reviewing my, my people who work for me. We're doing job reviews and I got my shirt off. It is what it is. Uh, that's number one. But on the flip side, um, with everything you've accomplished, I know. Yeah. It, it, 
it would be pressure. Like we already talked about, cause it kind of right. You don't want it too much to ride on your athletic performance on the flip side. Nobody will ever take away. what you have already done yeah. ever. You were already, you were the world champion. You were the four time national champion. You were the world record breaker several times over. Um, that's why it's, you know, hang, that's why hanging the jerseys anyways is a conversation piece. Cause it's already happened. It is what it is. I squatted a, I, I squatted a world record in that Jersey. You know, I, I broke the total in that one and I won, I won us a gold medal in that one right there. Mm. And that was, that was 2019. Now, let me tell you about this one over here, <laughs> you know, like that's different. Heads. Yeah, and, and, and you got the kid by the elbow at this point. And he, <laughs> and he's, he's like, fuck. I actually didn't ask this guy a question. <laughs> I, I walked by and he grabbed my. He, I, I thought of this back when my knees were still good. That's right. That's right. You, you got you got a fucking firm grip on that elbow, and you know let him go off it. Um, Arian, I got an overrated and underrated. Do you have any overrated underrated as well, or because I got one in the hopper that I'm interested in? I didn't come with any prepared for this one, so you should do it. Okay. Here's one. I can go first. Usually I like to wait, but I've been mulling this one over. Overrated or underrated? The best lifter award in tournaments. Whether it's U.S. Raw Nationals or when it's world championships, local meets, we can have this discussion. Now, here's my thoughts. I'll go first. I believe... It is good to have such things around, and I do appreciate having best lifter. But I'm going to say it's overrated, and here's why. And it's going to seem weird because I bump this for guys like Taylor, um, Amanda, etc. But here's why I think it's overrated. I think because it's done by a formula, and the formula can change in any given formula it could change who is possibly the best lifter. Now here's the catch 22. Here's the caveat. I will, I will add. I believe Taylor. Atwood is the best lifter in the U S raw nationals that we've seen. So that isn't, that's not what we're saying. So, so I'm letting you guys know when you give your answer, it's not saying whether or not you think Taylor's the best lifter it's or uh, cause what I'm saying is it's overrated in that it's already apparent in a lot of ways, whether or not a formula said Taylor Atwood was the best lifter. We already knew Taylor Atwood was the best lifter. That's why I'm saying it's overrated. I'm saying, so it's nothing taken away from Taylor. As a matter of fact, it goes above and beyond. And I, I would say when these tournaments happen, it almost happens automatically unanimously. The community comes together and says, don't really give a shit what this formula says. Um, we all were talking about Taylor afterwards, right? It, it, so that's why I think it's overrated. In some years, we might have a formula that's a little funky. There was a while there with the Wilkes formula. You would never in your life beat a heavyweight. You could go to local meets and a mediocre heavyweight would beat a guy who's like legit national level like 83 and 83 is like, ah, oh, fuck a heavyweight's here. Well, I guess I'm not going to win. Like it just is what it is. So that's why to an extent, I think overrated, but I still do like the fact that as a community, we'll look to an Amanda Lawrence, 
um, or uh, whoever, right? And say, I think you were the best lifter of this tournament. So I know that's somewhat contradictory, but it's just my thoughts thinking out loud. Um, and I don't know how else to do it besides the community coming together. Who wants to go next on your thoughts on overrated, underrated, best lifter? I'll take it. I mean, right. I, I personally think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's underrated. Oh. I mean, to be the best lifter regardless of weight class, no matter what that formula looks like, like, that's just different. Like, you have transcended your weight class and you're literally the best powerlifter. Like, to have, to, for Taylor to be the number one powerlifter in powerlifting is, I feel like that doesn't get praised enough. Like, I mean, I, I think he gets his praises, you know what I'm saying? But I think that just that award in general doesn't get praised enough. Like, you walked into a competition with how many so lifters, and regardless of weight class, you are literally the best lifter here, like, period. Um, so, I don't know. For me, like, just having that, that title is just, it's just different. Like, it's cool to be number one in your class, but if you're able to capture just number one in general, like, you're just the number one powerlifter, period, is different. It's almost like... It's almost like winning in uh, Mr. Olympia. Like, it's like, in my opinion, because it's like, regardless of everyone there, like, you are the top dog, like, in bodybuilding. Um, so not only did you win your class, but you're literally the standout for the whole sport. Um, so just thinking about, like, walking around the street, and it's like, oh, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm number one. Oh, that's cool. Like, what weight class you competed? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, not period. I was yeah, done. I Period. That's it. <laughs> oh shit! Like to me, that's just different. But that's just my opinion. You, you um, I do like how you said that. Uh, yeah, fuck, man. I think you might have flipped <laughs> me, but I'm not flipping yet. But uh, but uh, but you do make a good argument. I like I like it. Here's the thing. I I'm stuck on the fence. You're right. It's for me. It was the formula thing. But you are right that. So I was kind of leaning towards well the consensus by the community, but you were kind of saying, it's different when it's official. Is that what it is where it's like it's, something it, about everyone could then say, I think I'm number one, but when it's official, no, but I got the award. I was actually given at the tournament, gotten this award. The formula is a formula. I mean, like, I mean, it might change again, but at the end of the day, like it's official. Like you're literally like the number one lifter in that class, given the um, criteria that was there for the, for the uh, session or there for the year. So, I mean, you can't take that away. You literally can't. So, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Like, just being number one, um, given the criteria that I was there, that's just a different type of flex, in my opinion. You know what? It is true that, uh, yeah, if you look at it like, I got you, the, the formula changes year to year, and I got you, it might not always be the best formula, but there is a formula in place. Yeah. We got something structured, official in place. There was thought given, and we came together and agreed on it. We all signed up. We all bottled it out. And this guy won it. Yeah. And it's official. Exactly. Yeah. There is something about that. Hmm. All right, man. Now I'm on the fence area. Talk to me, man. I don't know, man. I came in here with a good one. And then Russ got some solid points. You, you, you got me on the fence as well. Because like, yeah, on one hand, I'm thinking like, you know, people people rely too much on points. But those are also people that shouldn't be relying on points. Like, you know, someone's... Sh- someone who's getting like, you know, 20th place at nationals is like so focused on her IPF points and I have to have my body weight down. So I get more points. It's like, it doesn't matter for those people. But on the flip side, I'm thinking like, you know, 
Taylor won the best lifter award here at nationals and he won it at worlds in Sweden. But I wonder how many people know that, like how many people know who won best lifter in 2018 or 2017. And so maybe it's underrated in that, like people don't, don't know about it as much and don't care about it as much. And maybe there should be some more value to like among all the champions at that level, nationals or worlds, this person was deemed the best or sometimes at worlds, you know, they do top three. So you're like, you know, the top three best out of those. Um, so maybe it should be some more weight held to it, or maybe there could be something else like other sports do like, um, you know, maybe there's some kind of polling of key people, which what we have for close to that would be like the athlete of the year. So like, you know, uh, Jess Bittner won the women's uh, athlete of the year for Canada. Uh, Taylor Howard actually won the USA powerlifting uh, athlete of the year. So maybe something like that where people are voting for like an athlete of the year and maybe having some kind of points like, you know, like a, like college football or something like that. Then you get a combination of this system of points and this system of a uh, subjective matter of like the people that know they've decided that you are the best powerlifter of that year of all time or whatever it is. Yeah. Doggy it's called the KOTL year and awards. You fuck. <laughs> What's the matter with you? That's just the Instagram poll. You know, someone's ever lifted in their life. And you're just no, like, dude, it's scientific. Okay. A lot of thought went into that and you hurt my feelings. And I'm, I'm editing this. Wait, what, you sh- what you should do maybe for this year is like do a separate poll where you pull every single world champion or every single, you know, national champion, That's see what idea. the perspective is of elite lifters. And then maybe also may pull some top coaches and see what their perspective is. That's actually a really good idea. You know what that, these are really good ideas. Uh, like doing um, this fantasy league, which holy shit, Russ, we got like over a 500 people in the fantasy league for this us raw Nats. Talk about hype going into it. I didn't think fantasy, I'm not a fantasy league dude for like other sports or nothing. I didn't know if people would care about powerlifting to get into like a fantasy league. I thought like we might get a hundred people. We got like five, over 500, man. Our first one in, it, I was like, holy smokes. It's because of guys like you, like the hype around some of these showdowns that you guys had, um, people are except people from like all over the world too, man. Like they're not American and they were involved. But um, after seeing that, starting to realize like we got to start gathering, like taking these to another level. So when we have the year in awards uh, for the King of Lifts year in awards, I think we sit down and have a more scientific approach about being like, like you were saying, Russ, where it's like you pull the players. So you pull the lifters, you pull the coaches, and then you could also, do they go to fans? They have fan as well. And they kind of well, waited well, for they, like the NBA official, like league um, awards. They don't do the fans. Uh, that was like all-star voting. So, um, yeah. Hmm. yeah. See, I don't know. Cause, cause the, the fear there is it turns into a popularity contest. Yeah. So what usually happens is they do, they do the NBA. It's really the media that, that discerns like the, the wars, but we don't really have a media. So that's what I was saying. Like, it should just mostly just be coaches and, and other like uh, high level lifters. That kind yeah. Of yeah. For like the, the all-star game makes sense to be a popularity contest because then those people are more likely to watch the all-star game, which is right. what they want. Um, but it'd be interesting. Cause like, you know, it's one thing for some like random person who just happens to like a lifter, like, Oh yeah, they're the best lifter. But it's another thing when Russ says, Oh no, Taylor Atwood is the best lifter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it holds a heck of a lot more weight. Like if you listen to a podcast or if you just, when I did the King of Lifts year end and I went only to insiders exclusively and it was painstaking, but <laughs> at the end I was like, holy shit. Like you're calculating like the votes from so many people 
Um, and I was hitting up like every, this is a few years back. This is like 2016 or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it gets easier and easier. You could pass around a spreadsheet and you could say, fill in yours or, or if you do, would you do it secretly? Do you think, do you let people know how everyone voted? How do people do it for these other sports? They definitely do it secretly. Do it? Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, they definitely do it secretly. They've had some like NBA uh, player votes and they, I don't think NBA players would like hourly say who they voted for. Definitely like under the wraps. That's a good idea. Cause then you're most honest. Yeah. All right, fellas, we just gained some major ground here, didn't we? <laughs> we just we just formed a committee right now. <laughs> we just have a voting committee and the rules committee, and we just put it together right now. Um, anyways, listen, my man, we are at uh, what are we at? We're at two hours. Holy smokes, man! We're closing in on on two hours already, my man. And I got so leading into the U.S. Raw Nats. Um, putting together the I am with and all the posts and then coming off, we're like doing a podcast a day, sometimes two a days. And um, it's getting deep, man. But this is like where all the hype is at. You got to strike well, you know, strike while the iron's hot. And who knows if we're going to have worlds or what the hell's going to happen. Um, so what are some of the projects you're doing going forward uh, from here to the worlds and beyond before we let you go? Um, pretty much just the gym opening. So if you're in the Houston, Texas area, first half of the Texas area, come through to Corrupt the Strength. Um, you can look us up on Google or Instagram. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, the other stuff that I'm working on, can't really, can't really talk about right now. But You got more on the go, more projects? Yeah, a couple more. But uh, that, that'll be announced like later. And what about the coaching? Is this online or is it still in-person exclusive? No, nah, it's just programs. I don't do coaching. Yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of people ask for coaching, but honestly, like I, I kind of already said it before, but that's not my, not my forte. People are going to keep coming though. We'll keep asking, man, and, and seeing, I mean, you could probably make a tidy bundle, um, <laughs> but is it, is it so, but you have like a, like you coach athletes in person, like you don't do online coaching? No, just programs, just programs. Okay. In person. And you have athletes though that have competed in powerlifting though? No. So it's like, so what they will do is like I'll, I'll so I sell generic programs. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like an introduction into powerlifting. Okay, that's what you mean by programs. Gotcha. So what people do, it's like it it has powerlifting um, philosophies and programming, um, but then it also has bodybuilding stuff. So what happens is that a lot of my followers are people that are interested in powerlifting, and what happens is that they do the program, they like the strength they make. And then uh, I have somewhere in the program where it's like, hey, you should, if you enjoyed this type of training, you should definitely look into getting a coach and, uh, you know, taking your strength training a lot more serious. And then that's when people start doing meets for their first time, um, whenever they do one of my programs. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And how do people get these programs? Uh, through my website. Okay. And, and what's the website? Uh, the gbtbrand.com. There it is. And how is the clothing and everything, man? How's everything going? Cause I see you got sponsored athletes and it's blowing yeah. up, man. It's, it's, it's doing good, man. Um, we had to, yeah, we, we just got a new warehouse space and we're getting ready to launch a couple of items and it's going good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Big plans for, uh, for this year and then next year too. You got a warehouse space on the end when you got sponsored athletes to an extent you're growing this where it's like a legacy passage passage where it, it doesn't have to be that you're carrying the load. Yeah. You have like, other other athletes you're somewhat setting yourself up because you had said like look at everything's on me right now when you sponsor other athletes you could start being like for instance joey flex has so many national champions 
um, multiple world champions. So it's not all on one person. It must feel a little better. We're like, okay, we got some people, we got some people carrying the load here. Exactly. Who are some of the athletes you got on this brand? Uh, we have we have Weiss, uh, aka Sean Mills, or Sean Mills, Sean Mills, aka Weiss. Uh, we have Marcellus. He coaches uh, Sean, and um, he uh, he's a powerlifter himself. We also have uh, her name is Powerful Peach, Cameron Brown. Yeah. Tim Thibodeau. We have Korean Hulk. Um, we have Logan Carpenter. He's more so like a social media um, person. We also have uh, John Claude, aka Obese to Beast. And then we have Kelly, which is a powerlifter. We have like a lot of different people. Like we're trying to kind of like broaden the horizon um, as we move towards just being like a normal, um, I guess like a lifestyle slash fitness brand. And did you say you actually sponsor Sean's coach? No, not Sean, not, not Sean uh, Noriega. Okay. I was going to say, is that the ultimate flex? What's going on here? What is happening here? I meant to say Michael C. I don't know why I said Sean. (laughs) <laughs> okay dog i'm glad i asked because some people who heard that were like what the fuck is this coach on the take what <laughs> happened Williams. he coaches uh ashton uh michael c jasmine she just won the 60 i think 69 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. title um so yeah nice my man you're doing some big things in it and yeah I, I like how when you stretch it across you start having like a roster yourself and you start checking in and it feels kind of cool having that kind of thing going yeah. where you're broadening your horizons. Um, and, uh, and have you ever thought, have you thought about in the future going into coaching? I know I ask this every time, but this is totally going to be like, maybe when you shut it down as a, cause you're still a young guy. So this is too far in the future to even contemplate after you retire. Um, now, so the, the programming that I do or not programming, but the programs that I make, um, it's very, uh, it does very good. So it's just like, it's, it's, it's a lot easier for me to create a program that's kind of like a one-off and then allow people to take that and go do their own thing versus mm-hmm. like having to um, check in with someone on a daily basis, uh, teach someone how to live, maybe try to motivate someone. Um, and it just kind of takes away from, like I said, I'm selfish. It just takes away from what I have to do. And yeah. at the same time, I just don't, I don't, I don't have that in me. Like I, I don't have that in me to give um, my time and effort to someone in a way that, I feel comfortable receiving money from that person to do. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough, man. I mean, especially with near this point in life where you got like all these things on the go yeah. kind of is what it is. Yeah, there's no way coaching. There's just no way it would happen. It, it just, it just can't. Man, it's, it's, I that's why like hats off the guys like you, Arian and, and Joey and whatnot, where you're like, you put all this into somebody else to, to bring them as far as they are. And then walking into, I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a coach into a raw nationals where you're coaching someone in the middle of a battle is as hyped up as this where you're like, Holy shit. I hope I did well. I hope, <laughs> I hope I set this young man or this young lady up to do well. And I did my job. It's a lot of pressure. I, I feel like Aaron could attest to this. I mean, it's not just, you're not just a policy coach. Like you're almost like a life coach. I feel like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You're trying to talk your lifters off the ledge. You're trying to calm your lifters down. Maybe you're trying to motivate your lifters. You're trying to get your lifters to see the bigger picture. It's just like, I ain't got me personally, like I'm an athlete at heart. I ain't got, I just don't have the energy for that. And I always respect coaches that are able to take it to that next level. Um, to where you're not just a biology coach, you're not just a numbers guy. Like you're literally like a, almost like a life guider, a life guider. Like you're, you know what I'm saying? Like you're almost like a life guru. <laughs> well, it's, the pressure is crazy and, and everything going on. Like sometimes you need that sounding board and there's nothing more 
like you're in it together. Like if you don't do well, the coach, it reflects on the coach. So he has skin in the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're feeling a little pressure and like, can you fucking believe this, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, did you see what, you know, Johnny Candido put in his profile? <laughs> you know, he's, there's nobody else in the world that is going to be in the same spot as you is your coach. Yeah, who's yeah. going to be like, oh, hell no. You know, like they, they feel it too. So, so you call, you Joey takes everything personal. Well, it's talking <laughs> about about me, and he's like, "Oh, these these motherfuckers, like, see <laughs> what I see." Oh, I'm just like, "Damn, dog, like you're getting more hype than I am right now." Yeah, he I mean, did it. Expecting his ability to get me ready for me. That's how he views it. It's a well, it's competitive drive too, because he's a he's a lifter and a competitor. But um, coaching's competitive, man. Like you, like Joey is very proud of his roster. Like you, you get proud of your, your accomplishments as a coach as well. We're getting to this point. Erin, you must feel the same thing, man. Yeah, man. It's not even, it's not necessarily all, just the top people as well. It's just like going out there and proving that you know what you're doing by like, you know, lifters having good technique and making attempts and being professional out there. And if it does come to a battle where people are close and told that, like, you know, the strategy to beat them, everything like that. But on top of that, obviously yeah, having like the, elite level lifters and then having another good coach and them having an elite level lifter and then seeing like, you know, who's the, who's the better coach and who's prepared the athlete better. That's when it gets a little, uh, it's when it comes down to like, it it can go both ways, but if you're a coach handling someone and you have someone who's really good and you drop the ball on game day, we saw this happen at the U S run. That's, I don't know if I should put a pin in this or, Fuck it. I'm going to say it. (laughs) Let me say this. Let me say this, fellas. All right. I'm going to get this off my chest. In the 69 kilo class, um, Chris and Dunsmore had a 500 kilo total. She's deadlifting afterwards. Russ got, Russ got uncomfortable all of a sudden. He's like, oh, hang on a second. I got, I got dinner coming in a minute. Did I mention that? And um, yeah, so Claire ties her 500, but weighs less. So Claire's in the lead on body weight. Kristen Dunsmore has one more deadlift. All she needs is 2.5 kilo more than her second dead that she already hit to move from 500 kilo to 502.5 kilo. It's the easiest swap yours. And, and Claire was done for the day. She was finished. She's done powerlifting for the day. It was the easiest decision to make. I'm going to swap my bronze for your silver right now and possibly become an alternate to go to the world championships. That's a lot on the end. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big swap. My friend, the world's and a bronze for a silver easiest decision to make. And, and the cost of that is 2.5 kilo. It, there gets no smaller an increment in powerlifting. Okay. And um, her handler, (laughs) it was, it was not 2.5 kilo. (laughs) It was a fuck. It was, I don't know what it got her. It got her a random arbitrary number in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't even pulling for the win. People like, is she pulling for the win? Why is she pulling so much? No, no, no. No, it was less than the win, but it was far more than silver. It was puzzling, man. Um, it is what it is, man. It is what it, these things happen. So yeah. Anyways, 
there it is. Got off my chest. I say this because I felt really bad for Kristen because um, Kristen had been injured at the last time. She won the Nationals, got a spot at the World Championships, and was going to Sweden and showed up injured. And I remember having a conversation with her, and she's like, I don't even know if I should go. And because I can't squat and dead like I want to, but I could bench. And I'm like, Kristen, you are in the U.S. where to win a Nationals, it's hard for everybody. Nobody is guaranteed a U.S. National win. And um, so you won and you can go to the Worlds. You don't know if this opportunity is going to come again or the door closes behind you. Go to the Worlds. She didn't have the greatest experience, but she was on the uh, U.S. National team and had the jersey to home and got it. Two years she fought to get herself back. Two years, and she was like, comeback season. Hashtag comeback. Hashtag comeback season. Shows up in Nats and does a, she does her job. She did her job, and she fucking murdered it. And then you're like, here we go. You know, like you might be going back onto a national team. And, and it, for that, when you're watching it live on the stream, you're like, what the fuck am I about to watch right now? And they're saying bars loaded. I'm like, before they said borrows old, you're like, homie, you better put in that attempt change. You could change that last deadlift twice. That was a placeholder dead though, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Nah, we're pulling more than we need today. Oh man, it broke my heart. It was tough to watch, man. And things like that happen. It is what it is. You don't want to hang in the moment too long. And like, uh, people make mistakes, but um, that's the fucking, that's tough when you're a coach, man. I don't got to tell you, Arian. You probably made tons of mistakes, huh, buddy? Made tons of mistakes. <laughs> All the time. All the time. It is what it is. But uh, but anyways. Well, there it is, my man. Um, maybe we'll leave it on that sour note. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to let him talk, man. I'm just going to like try to slide and not say anything. Everybody went <laughs> silent as shit yeah. when I said that. <laughs> Man, you got this. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got this, man. You let it out. Well, it is. I mean, fuck, man. It, it is. It's not. Look, everybody. I'll, I'll put this on there. Put. Let me soften it a little bit. Every. Okay, let me soften it a little bit. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, there's. There's no such thing as some as a coach or who hasn't made a, a fuck up with attempts or an athlete who hasn't done a fuck up with attempts as well. And this is not exclusive to to this individual. Um, it happens all the freaking time. I've done handling and coaching and God knows I've made mistakes. We had an episode where we did like a confessional about, you know, making mistakes with handling. So all of us have done it. it we just haven't always been in this, in the situation where the stakes are quite as bad as the story I just said, where you're like, Oh God, <laughs> that was a bad one. But uh, like, imagine Jamar put on 320 instead of 318. You're like, okay, well, that might've been a mistake, my friend. But, uh, but anyways, listen, my man, much appreciated for you coming on the podcast and you came on quick and, um, and, and you're all in one piece on the only, you almost had a perfect nine for nine, had a YOLO last deadlift because what the hell not you, you had it sewed up already with the, the second deadlift and, um, a remarkable performance, man, four us national titles and possibly going to have the opportunity to add a second world title as long as Sweden goes and, and everything goes appropriately in terms of politics aside. So hopefully I see you in Sweden. Sweden blessed you last time, my friend. So we'll see if we're going to run it back to back. We'll take the picture like me and Taylor Atwood did when we were in Sweden, when he won back to back, we're like back to back, like the cover of lethal weapon. 
back to back to back like Jordan 96 97 okay we'll we'll do that picture if you win it back to back in Sweden but uh keep in touch my friend and um and I'll be reposting obviously and if you want any shout outs for sure for opening the gym I got you yeah for sure appreciate it man much love I got you and Arian thank you very much Arian how do people reach you if they want to get a hold of you coach Arian K on Instagram there it is there it is thank you gentlemen much appreciated until next time Sir. Peace. Sir.